Hey folks, welcome back to another exciting episode of Loss of Lieutenants. My name is Kevin and I'm your host tonight. And on tonight's show, I'm joined by a fellow host, Jacob. And it's just the two of us tonight. No, Valerie. He is down with the sickness. Um, I think he's got COVID, so um, he's not feeling too well, so he wasn't able to join us tonight, but uh, speedy recovery being wished to Val. Um, so on yeah, this episode, well soon, buddy. Yeah, on this episode, we will, we will be breaking down the missions for the upcoming Anzac Cup and talk about list building for the lineup and discuss the broader topic of custom missions in ITS. Why are we talking about custom missions? Well, Anzac Cup, as you may know, has two custom missions in it. Uh, which is exciting, but also quite unusual. Um, but first, uh, as always, we will recap some recent games and hobbies. So this will be a good one because uh, we both were at a tournament on the weekend. Um, Jacob, weren't we? Yeah, yours. Thunder over Helheim. Yeah. Uh, I think it's safe to say that uh, both of us got um, our asses kicked we did uh, shite. Quite thoroughly. <laughs> I mean, my excuse is I was TOing and then I had to play because someone dropped. I don't know what your excuse is, Jacob. Uh, I practice. I pretty much practiced with Bakunin uh, because I wanted to play the um, Anarchy before I um, uh, before the update dropped and then was like, okay, I guess I'm going to have to try attack. And looking back at it, I I think I know what I need to try to not get caught the way I did uh, okay. during a tournament. Well, do you want to, do you want to talk about um, how your, how your day went and any, any, like what the takeaways you have for it? Uh, just as a re- just as a brief uh, recap as the yeah. one running it. it was... So, I mean, we'll, we'll, oh, sorry, I was, I was just going to say, oh, sorry, bef- sorry, I was just going to say before you did get started, for those who don't know, it was just, it was three three round ITS with the spec ops extra. We had two custom missions in it. One that I've made called Secure the Admiral, and another one that was made by Rob Wright, um, Sensor Field, and then finishing off with Rescue. We had I think sixteen players um, on the day, and uh, yeah. So anyway, that was just a little bit of background information for those people who did not listen to the last episode. Take it away. Mm. Uh, yeah, so uh, first mission was secure the admiral. Um, Tack did what Tack's good at, really bloody match. Um, so again, a sort of thing where like the score didn't really reflect the way that the game went. Who are you? Um, who are you up against? I was up against uh, Tristan and his Hakislan. Oh yeah, the, he was playing assassins. With yeah, the sorry, with the with the, with the unkillable Muyib, which we realize is a bit fucked in Spec Ops. Yeah, yeah, no, it de- definitely is. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, Muyib's start like the Muyib special op starts off with Biomunity Dogged number two, I think. Yeah, be with a BTS, um, I think, of th- with a BTS of three. Well, it has a BTS of three, but because it gets um, because it gets um. Bioimmunity I mean. natively and uh, upgrading BTS to nine is cost nothing, um, and they're already BS twelve, so they're pretty BS, good the shots. BS thirteen. Oh, oh Jesus! Yeah. Okay, yeah, BS thirteen. It doesn't cost much to make them BTS twelve in cover with um, I think he had uh, a viral, viral side rifle. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> for um, what, 20, 24 points, I think they are? 25 yeah, points? Like you, pay the, you pay and, the extra and, for this pick ops. Admittedly, um, I killed. I actually killed that spec ops pretty early on. Um, in the way, and the only way that you can really deal with a model like that, which is I got him out of cover and pumped uh, five dice, five AP dice into him. Wow! How did you manage to get him out of cover? Uh, so he was on a crate. Uh, he was on a crate, and I just there was a area on the map which was your compound map that was higher than that crate, or the oh, same height. So right. I was able to shoot across. Um, plus, I had mimetism, which is you know advantage enough. Um, but unfortunately, so unfortunately for that particular uh, mission, um, the, the the two things that he had left in the zone because uh, secure the admiral has like dom- it's just dominate the center strip, isn't it? Yeah. So there's an exclusion zone that you have to dominate at the end of each round, yeah. as well as secure the admiral, which is essentially civivac the HVT. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically hold on to it until the end of the game. Yeah, and so, yeah, because it was a exclusion zone, it meant that tax general advantage on holding those things is like having guys in the zone already. Yeah. Um, didn't quite have that. Um, and then the rest of my guys were just not enough points to cancel out an Asawira and a Bukta, which is like 90 points in of itself. Yep. Um, so that was the most of his points um, in that game uh, was just securing the middle for three rounds, um, and then I, I think he managed to threaten the uh, the admiral at the very end, not with his um, master breacher. Master breacher, yeah. So the the yeah. breakdown for that mission is it's you get three points for dominating or one point for dominating the explosion zone each round, two points for pushing the button, four points if you are holding the admiral at the end of the game with your master breacher but you can get one point if you're just threatening him and an extra point if you're threatening with your master breacher so even though it's possible to win it's 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 probably the easiest well the, the preferred path to victory is to obviously civivac the admiral and hold on to it because it's worth the most amount of points um, but you can win by just dominating the zone for three rounds, yeah. push and pushing the button and doing a classified, which gets you six. And I don't think that can, that can't be contested. So uh, that can't be beaten. So um, uh, that yeah, I think that's what that sounds like. What he did. Yeah, pretty much. It just he, he, he like I pushed up, killed a bunch of things. He pushed up, killed some things. Um, and but I just couldn't outpoint. Uh, Buktar and Asawira, there's just there was not enough points, honestly, in my list that was supposed to be moving around that could outpoint that sort of thing. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Then second round was a tack v tack match on a map that uh, just oh, worked yeah. a, a lot against me. It was just too too open. This is this is this um, is Hendrix. This is Hendrix table. Um, I yeah. did. I didn't actually take a photo of that table, but it is a what you would call a forest table. Yeah. Um, so there's forests, there's rock, rocky outcrops, there's a river that mm. runs through the middle of the table, and um, yeah, like those sorts of things. Yeah, and it it's just it's got terrain that you normally don't see, like the 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 middle of the map. Generally, in Infinity, you have some sort of light uh, sight blocking so that you can't see from end to end. Um, this uh, map didn't have it. I had a really mobile tack force that moved out with um, like camouflage and all that sort of thing, but 
when you don't have that normal sort of I can hide behind a building, there's just a million discovers that can be thrown didn't, out. Didn't you didn't you play though that the forests are CN out but not through? No, you didn't play that. We way? did, but there's still still enough lines of sight. Okay, okay, because I played on that table too, and I I felt like uh, actually it really um, hampered my ARO pieces because I placed them and and then after placing them, I'm going, oh, hang on, I can't see through any of these forests. Shit, <laughs> like I can basically well, my, see the my, midway point, and that was it. Yeah, my opponent James also had like a like a really ARO heavy um, type list, and it worked quite well um, in all okay. honesty. Um, so yeah, and that one still just couldn't do anything. Uh, my opponent did well. I, I did misplace some of my senses. I could have done a better job of that. Oh, we will, we'll get into, uh, we'll get into that mission as we, uh, uh as we get to the yeah. podcast for sure. Cause we, we've got some opinions uh, on it. We've got some opinions on it. Um, and again, the, cause it, that, that one has an exclusion zone as well, doesn't it? No, sensor field does not. No, okay. So sensor field did. Yeah. Rescue, rescue um, does. Re- rescue and secure the Admiral did. Yeah, and so the last match, which was against you, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, but the but it was the <laughs> battle, the battle for bottom table, the bottom, the basically yeah, battle for wooden spoon. I think it was. <laughs> we were yeah, so unfortunately, sort of let you guys down, but uh, lost the lieutenant did not do well in Kev's tournament. No, we. I just and this is this is what le- has led me to um, knowing that I need a little bit more practice. Uh, with tack is I just had no answer to that Zayd and Link he put, popped on a bridge. There was just there was going to be no way that mimetism was going to be enough to be, um, what BS sixteen with marksman, BS fifteen with marksman. Yeah, yeah. What so what? That's yeah, fifteens. With mimetism, it's fifteens if you're in good range. You have yeah. a sniper and a missile launcher. Yeah. Looking looking back at it now, I think a lot of my problems would have been solved by a Spetnaz parachutist. Hmm. Uh, well, you, 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 able... you did have the um uh Vet Kazakh APHMG. If you'd gotten that into range, you could have just diced it. Five dice on five dice on what you've been thirteens versus two dice on fifteens. Like that's not bad odds. And the, pro- yeah. the, the problem is, whoever loses that gunfight is going down. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I, th- I think the main thing for me is if I lost that gunfight, I, um, I'd be stuffed. If you lost that gunpi- gunfight, you still had the two uh, Muktars. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Right. I still you had, still had plenty of gunfighters left over after that. And I did have, I did um, have the missile launcher in that link team, and like you say, the sniper. Um, which is something mm-hmm. I'm trying out. Rather than just a single arrow piece, I had two. So you'd have to then deal with the sniper afterwards, which would admittingly be easier, but still not. You know, again with marksmanship, you're just you know you're on you go through the fifteens goes down goes down to thirteens, which is still yeah you know not bad. I I, I kept thinking that if I had a, a like a Kazakh Spetnaz, I could have killed one of your arrow bots, the flash pulse bot. Yeah, had up high. Mm-hmm. Right, dropped him in, and he would have been able to move to the back with stealth and started shooting, like you know, like the Ghulam or something, to start getting rid of their fire team bonuses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's tricky in rescue because it does have an exclusion zone, so you'd have that four inch strip to play in. It's all it's all you've got, which you know is fine if that's if you can clear the, the clear the path. 
because uh, I, I don't think I had I didn't have eyes like I say outside the flash pulse spot was the only thing I had covering that four inch strip um, and then yeah I guess you could have gone in, in round the back and, and, and taken apart the link team like, like that, that way and that's true and I think uh, was yeah. what you ended up doing instead is you went for the the dog warrior tried to go in well, and gut my link. Th- th- that, that that's what that, that's what like I'm looking back at it now and the idea of those dog warriors was to chase down um something that had grabbed um had grabbed either the admiral or one of the civilians mm-hmm. um at the end, but all those orders I spent trying to get them down the board like four, three, whatever orders could have been done with one order dropping down the spinner as parachutist. Yeah, but then it, I, I, I think that your dog warrior is still a very important part of the equation. Oh, there. sorry, so something... sorry, sorry. Not the dog warrior, the antipode. The oh, dog warrior inst- did fine. The antipode oh, instead of having the antipodes? Cause you had, yes, you had, you the antipodes is what I'd replace. Right. Okay, no, I could definitely see that. Are they? But they're not comparable points, though. Uh, they're pretty close. It's twenty-seven for the antipodes and thirty for the um. Okay. Yep. Thing and in that pati- in that particular list, I actually had two points left over. Okay. Yeah. No, that that would work because yeah, because when you went with the, I mean, uh, seg well, slight segue, but onto this the the spec ops thing. Uh, my spec ops in that game was a a hollow masked gulam with a viral rifle and a jammer, which was just he was they were just on anti <laughs> anti dog or bear patrol for that whole that whole um event. Um, and mm. they it never really got to do anything until our game when your dog warrior jumped on a rooftop to go and attack my link team, and then I was like reveal jammer, and he was like oh, <laughs> and he just stood there like yeah, a sad like much. a sad like a sad dog. He was like oh, I can't mm. shit. <laughs> so I was glad that that came off because if it didn't, then my link team would have been um, in a bad way. Um, uh, but, but yeah, so yeah. I think th- there's some more. Uh, practice I need with ta- uh, attack. Um, I have the unfortunate uh, luck of like fighting the same army over and over again. So I think when I was like learning tack, I was just fighting O12 constantly. So for fought O12, it'd be really great, but I was playing people with other tricks. There was no O12 at that event um, on the weekend. Everyone's dropped them um, since uh, obviously since last time. Hmm. Um, actually, yeah, actually, on that, I'll tell you. I'll tell you for our listeners what we did have at the event. Um, so we had, I, <clears throat> we had, um, we had, we had White Banner, which actually went out and took the um, took the day, won the day, and not only that, it was won by a player who's his second ever event. Um, he's like brand new, brand new player. His only other event has been the Slow Grow, and he comes into this event, wins it. Um, beats me in round one <laughs> as well. Uh, so yeah, Lewis um, taken out with White Banner, fucking sterling job. Um, we had two Rama Task Force. Uh, the I was running one one Rama, uh, and then the other Rama that was actually ended up coming second was run by Nick. Um, and we had a good chat after the event actually about his Rama list oh, versus okay. my Rama list. Um, he went with two Harrises. I had a core and a couple of duels. Um, so yeah, quite quite different lists, which is good. Uh, we had a shock army which took third. That was Phil, and actually I announced Phil as winning the event, but then I had actually done a miscalculation with the um, objective points. So um, we went from first to third, but still a very good showing. We had um, assassins, steel phalanx, uh, nomads. We had three tac players, 
um, with the highest ranked tack player was James, your your round two opponent. Um, we had a Toha, Corregidor, um, oh, sorry, a couple of Corregidor, a couple of Nomads, an OSS, and a Vanilla Ariadna. So um, I think that's a relatively decent spread. No O12, no combined army, uh, several Ariadna, a couple of you know, quite a few Ram, quite a few Hack Islam players, so mm. not too bad. No, 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 any two. Um, I don't think. Nope, no any two. Um, yeah, so like, yeah, a bit of a different, bit of a different, different event. Of obviously coupled with it being um, a spec ops, uh, meant that it was a bit of an odd one. I think. Um, I did try to make it. I did try to make it a bit more. Um, like I was aware that you can abuse the spec ops rules. Uh, certain certain yeah. factions, certain factions. For those out there who don't know, like we just talked about the Muyib, that can be abused to to fuck because you buy because BTS costs less than armor when you're building a spec ops, and if you've got bioimmunity, then it's essentially just you're just getting cheap armor. Um, yeah. Uh, OSS can cheat a uh, really cheap Deva into there, and there's a few other armies that can get bi- bioimmunity, but like by no means are they broken. Um, so I, I I made some challenges for the for the day. Um. Actually, shout out to our old host Julian, um, who I actually got this idea from. Um, so I, th- I, f- I themed all the challenges for the day around Arnold Schwarzenegger because That's, that was the model he always used for his spec. That ops. was the model that uh, he would always use for his spec ops was the um, Terminator miniature with the shotgun, and I think it was meant to represent a uh, U.S. Ariadna grunt, and he would always give it two wounds. And I think he would he would do something like give it two wounds and increase its armor or something like that, and it's and it would just have a shotgun and it would just walk around and just gun things down with like a two wound armor three shotgun. It was really funny. So all the challenges I think I made twelve of them, and they were all named after Arnold Schwarzenegger quotes. So we had like "Come with me if you want to live," which was the if you rescued the civilian then you got points. Uh, there was. Um, uh leave anything for us which is from commando which is like every time you kill a model then it's like points there was um who else was there i still think my favorite was um to be or not to be not to be oh yeah to be or not to be (laughs) not to be uh was the one where if you die in a game you lose you lose points uh and then one of the one that got smashed the fucking hardest by Tristan oh, <laughs> was was the armor saves one, which was I think it was it's um what's it called you has you have struck Hercules, which was from his early Hercules movie when he was had really bad English, and um, yeah. Uh, yeah you had struck Hercules and it's like if you pass a armor BTS save then you get points, and I think Tristan ended up with something like sixteen past armor saves for the day so he instantly won the challenge <laughs> it's just because he yes. has just accrued so many points um yeah i think i think hendrick was came last with minus three points because his, his spec up died in every in every round but didn't do anything um we had uh we had like there were some challenges which weren't fulfilled i had one that was called your luggage which is for when you kill a an, a model with three with three three wounds or structure um, that never got done, and uh, a few other bits and pieces. But most of the players played their spec ops fairly um, uh, conservatively, usually just to basically in a link team to make 
a bit cheaper and then maybe to you know to double up on the doctor engineer bonus or doctor hacker bonus or whatever like that you can make it just so that they can save points um i did i did allow players to put them into fire teams because it doesn't explicitly say you can't but with the fire team changes you can argue that you can't because the um a lot of the spec ops are not called like gulams they're called like um What's it called? Like they're called. Yeah, they're, they're generally they've called got like a, whatever it is, Intel Spec Ops or something. Yeah, like that. they've got some kind of name to it. But I was like, no, nah, yeah, we, we make, make make them link because. Um, although I think that might Sorry, have been a, that might have been a mistake in hindsight because it that then leans into people playing them conservatively. Um, yeah, I mean, like, perhaps, like yeah, take like the the divas called the Diva Chandra and whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think you know to, to, to be honest if i remember correctly when it was like faq'd or something like that that was their response it might have been an old n3 ruling but i think sorry, it was an old n3 ruling yeah but i think i think the lessons learned would be um to i think douglas one of our um local players that he suggests that we just cap the bts at six um so that you can't get a bts nine or twelve model which is fine but i think maybe just not allowing them to go into link teams might also be a fire teams might be a good idea because that then just because that becomes a force multiplier you know if you're a bts 12 with bioimmunity with a viral sniper rifle mm. and a fully core core link you're like yeah get fucked um that but, it, but yeah. would you if i mean it still wouldn't really stop whatever it would make them like I mean like they'd be rolling one dice in arrow rather than two because like by the sounds of things that's what Tristan did with his he just stood up there in a fire team yes, and was like come at me bro exactly what he did come at me like, got, he wasn't I he got, wasn't spending orders on it he was just like I'm I'm here kill me if you can yeah I got very lucky the first shot we had against each other he rolled two thirteens um, he needed fourteens oh yeah. I, mean, I was I'm, I'm I'm Ariadna. I don't have any BTS. Exactly. Yeah, that's bad. But I was lucky. I was super fucking lucky. Passed all but one armor save, and I'm shock immune. My vet has a shock immune, so just survived. I was and I just was like, okay, I guess I'm gonna do this again, and then killed him. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have too many uh, uh, cool stories from my one, uh, just except uh, against you. Um, but yeah, I mean. Um, I guess the only thing I want to touch on on the event was I was like I said I was I was toing it. Uh, I ended up playing, which was not my preferred option. I do prefer to to um fully because my well yeah I mean also it's just such a big brain drain. Um, we ran at a scout hall, uh, which was actually quite a decent venue. Um, but you know the we had to bump everything in the night before and the morning off, which you know adds you know stress. Um. You know, and then when you're running an event which also has these challenges, then you kind of want to be on hand to like help out with people doing the challenges and doing the score sheet and all that sort of thing. Yeah. And you're having to play play three games as well. Yeah, it's it's pretty stress. It's pretty stressful. I was definitely glad to have a beer at the end of the at the end of the uh, the day because we all went to a local mm. pub um, that does um, farmhouse inspired ale or farmhouse style ales, which um, I really I really enjoy. Tiny potato cakes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They had little potato cakes. Um, they were they were really delicious, actually. Um, super I salty. I love potato cakes, really nice. and they were really good. 
Yeah, they were nice. Um, so that was nice. Or potato scallops, depending where you're listening it from. No, nah, they're cakes. Nah, I know, but yeah, but no, those, those were definitely cakes because like you bit into them and they were like a mushy thing, not a scallopy thing. They were. They were almost like a little like potatoy marshmallow. Yeah. Mm. Um, but that was nice to get a bit of a breakdown, like a bit of a, a an unwind with some of the players. Um, talk about the day, talk about how the how how it went. But it sounds like everyone had a good mm. time, and I was really really delighted to run an event i do i do love running events i do enjoy the you know just the atmosphere and the seeing people and watch them have a good time or not or not have a good time people would come out my way southeast well you're not not southeast though you're 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 just east east, southeast yeah you're gonna say southeast that's like that's like packingham which no no one's gonna come out there but you're, oh, you're like, okay. yeah, right. If, you, if you're thinking that, because there was actually a store that just opened up and I've been thinking about it. Well, I mean, the, I guess what we could, we'll have to move on. But one of the reasons why I ran at the scout hall where I did was because we commonly have a lot of our events at House of War. Now, people who know Melbourne or know Australia will hear a lot about House of War. It's like the biggest wargaming store in the Southern Hemisphere, or at least used to be. But, um, and it's great, right? It's got a big space got tables it's got terrain the the owners are really super supportive of the community like it's like five dollars each for for the day there's a cafe close by there's parking it's perfect problem with it though Mm. is it's way out in the east of town and if you don't live in the east of melbourne it's a 45 to an hour and a half drive and you know and also at the moment there's there's a whole bunch of road works um or uh, rail works going on with the removal of level crossing so not everyone can get there by train so I thought, I'll stuff it. I'm running the event. I'll have one close to my place, which is in the north of the yeah. city, which, um, you know, is there to try to, you know, help out those people who come from the west so they're not having to drive as far as going to the east. And then east just have to drive a bit, bit further. And we've got players in the north who now who can get there in 10 minutes, which was great because really importantly, I'm really glad I ran my event where I did because um, <laughs> just going to call out one of our local players, Ben, who, who got there. Really early, he got there on time. He got there like you know, pretty much when the doors open, which is great. And then about fifteen minutes before the start of round one, he comes up to me and says, "Kev, um, so I've left my army at home." <laughs> he, he had he opened his case and he had like his Battlefleet Gothic and Malifaux in it. And I was like, "Well, that's not fucking any use, is it, Ben?" And he's like, "No." I'm like, "Well, what are you gonna do?" He's like, "Does anyone have a spear army?" Of course, no one had a spear army. But thankfully, I lived. I literally lived five minutes away from where we had the event. So I went home and grabbed my Starco because he was running Nomads. I was like, "Well, that's good enough proxies for you." So I just ran home five five minutes, grabbed the stuff, ran back, had the army back in his hands by nine o'clock for a start of round one. So that was good because if we'd had that hours of war, he'd have been fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like there's always players in the east. Like I'm sure Peter or whoever else would have been there potentially. I'd never run home. You know, you could have you could have potentially run home, but it's it was just nice um, as a TO to be mm. like, all right, I'll take the responsibility, I'll go off and get it um, for you. But uh, anyway, yeah. that was that was the event. Uh, it was it was good, um, and we'll hopefully get another one run um, in the next month or so because it'd be good to get some more regular events, especially as we get into the lead up to Burn City Brawl. Right. Anyway, with that out of the way, let's get into some news and announcements. So, um, actually, no, before we get into news and announcements, I want to recap 
the challenges for everyone because we've got 10 days left approximately until the end of the month, which will finish our monthly challenge, but it will also finish our quarterly challenge. So for the month of March, we have the challenge the called You Only Need 10 Models, which is our um, essentially run a demo game, run a demo or intro game uh, for a new player to infinity and write, it, write about it. Tell us, tell us how you went. Tell us how the, the, the new player like how you ran your demo event um, did, or your, your intro game. Um, have you run them before? Can you give any other players out there who are looking to run demo games some, some tips, some hints and tips to, of things to do and not to do? So um, that's what we want you do, to do for the next 10 or 11 days of the month. Let us know how you run your intro games. Um, and if you run one, tell us how it went. Um, so as always, send us in um, your thoughts and your report to us at lostoflieutenant at gmail.com, prefer preferably, or actually no, mandatorily, mandatorily is that word? Anyway, <laughs> um, as a Google Doc, um, and a random winner will be chosen at the end of the month to win a blister of their choice from Toy Soldier Imports. Uh, Jacob, have you run any demo games lately or intro games? Uh, Define lately. Uh, I did have a demo game or like a reintroduction game because he uh he said he played like n2 n1 that sort yeah. of thing uh with uh, a guy uh ben another ben another ben we've got so many bens um and, and this was just after um i think it was just after your uh you played uh we had bcb the last one so Okay. Obviously, a little bit ago. Have, have you got any? Um, have you got any? Sir, what tips would you offer to a player who's looking to run a demo game? Like anything um, that you think would work? Yeah, start. I mean, the obvious one is start small, um, and I would probably go more for um, unless unless they have sort of no idea on how to sort of you know put armies together or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, start small, hundred fifty points, something like that. Don't. And when you make your army, would you would you go 150 points straight up, or like or would you do 150 points so long as this person has some um, has some in knowledge of tabletop wargaming? If they've got some knowledge of tabletop wargaming, you can do like the points, and we'll have a small demo game that sort of thing. If they've got no idea, then I would do what um, Peter Henry does and just run like the um, uh, the. Was the Red Veil? Uh, oh yeah, Crimson Storm, not Crimson Storm. Crimson What's Storm called. Yeah. Um, Crimson no, no, Storm. Ice, uh, oh, no, oh, sorry. Other. Um, yeah, Ice Storm. Yeah, yeah. Ice Storm. Oh, the um, missions. Just that sort of scenario. You know, a couple of line troops, something heavy, and just go through just the moving around of troops and that, and the real basic mechanics of um, Infinity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then what what I what I like to do is when I build my army is it like obviously don't plan to win, right? You're running a demo <laughs> yeah, game. That, okay, that's that's a really good <laughs> number okay. one demo game yeah. tip. Do not play to win. <laughs> yeah, but play to show off as many mechanics uh, as many of the as simple you... as, as many of the simplest yeah. mechanics so, as you can. So I had so I remember one game where I was playing. Um, Caledonia. Um, and I didn't run anything hugely 
complicated. I had some camo tokens. I did some melee. I did some smoke, right? And I tried to do, like, this is how paramedics work sort of thing. Mm, and okay. that was it. Right? I didn't try to do anything fancy. It was just, I just like, I just was like, this is how smoke works because you're, you're, going, you're going to see smoke. This is how camo works because you're going to see camo. Right, this is how like a little fire team works because you're gonna see a fire team, right? You know, line of sight and all those uh, sorts of things. Mm. Um, but yeah, just and pick a simple mission, like, like you know, if 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 they can even um, even if they want to do a mission, otherwise, like the four that they've got, the four like simpler missions that they've got, like, I don't remember what they called the direct yeah, action yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah, right. They're worth it to run even they can be a little bit complicated because they've got they've got like their own like master breacher-esque sort of rule yeah well just just strip that back all you need to do is just yeah. have a mission that that focuses that maybe has a button yeah. in the middle that you need to push because that gets people into knowing how to interact with objects like yeah. you don't, so you don't it, need to do that if, if yeah. i if, if i if i had to pick one i'd probably say supremacy right supremacy is not bad uh Wait, does frontline does frontline have the panoply? No, 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 no. I I would say supremacy is probably one of my favorite missions, or a, a, a take on supremacy because it has movement, it has domination, zone control, mm. button pushing. Um, that all does it. I would, yeah. I think, I would maybe hesitate in having camel, camel and smoke in someone's first game. Um, even you know, even if they were familiar with gaming, because yeah, well, it I, breaks I, like so said, much of I the haven't... game. It's difficult to explain that to a player in the first place you know like you know like the the, the typical one year from new players is like all right so i discover and then i shoot and then you're like you can't do that in aro all right so what do i do nothing and they're like what and that can kind of confuse and put players off yeah. even it, as cool as camouflage or marker states is to the game and very important to the game um in like you know the draw i think if you're mm. new to the game you might want to be careful about introducing that yeah. mechanic and same with smoke as well because then you get these arguments about like hey i throw smoke at my feet as bullets are flying towards me and how does that work and why doesn't yeah there's all yeah. the sorts of like things that you can get I, like, I, tripped up on I, I haven't i like i haven't done a true like introduction game the two i've done are people who have either played a little bit COVID happened, little bit. and they yeah. wanted to play again or they've played earlier and want to play again so it's more so my intro games have more been like this is how it's sort of changed from n3 to n4 that sort of thing i see yeah um, okay but i mean that, can, that counts biggest, as well that counts yeah, you know if, if someone's biggest, just been the in biggest it. thing is don't try and do like the really complicated shit in infinity right yeah so, like, like arrow forking you know, this guy yeah or this like guy. i'm running like like don't run a don't run a thing with the peripheral or and if you are just use it simply right mm -hmm. just have them both come around the corner and attack and he's like oh i have to make a decision that's it don't like split your fire and try and annihilate an entire fire team or something like that yeah like yeah it's it's, it's about it everything should be about teaching I think no. Sorry. I think it's I think it's important to teach a player. I just think you have to yeah. maybe do it in chunks. Like you know, an intro game is not maybe the time where I would introduce some of those more complex things. Um, yeah. You really just want them learning about the the basic yeah. mechanics, the arrow, the spending, the spending of orders, the simultaneous everything happening at once type things. Um, you know, yeah. have have mimetism it's... minus six, and you know, because that teaches you about modifiers. But um, 
delaying and, 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 and camel and stuff like that i think and so I, that, that, that was my goal my, yeah. my goal was i'm gonna do smoke camo the rest of the game that's it doesn't like the basics of the game that was yeah it. and i think i think hacking has gotten a lot easier since n3 mm. as well um so you can definitely um introduce that and like code one i still think is is um is, 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 a, is a worthwhile place yeah. to, to drop something into um especially because it doesn't have some of those it still has camel um but obviously you can play without camel for the first game if if you feel like it wouldn't be a bad idea but anyway uh let us know your thoughts because clearly we don't know how to do it um Okay, and then until the end of the month, we are also running our quarterly challenge, which is called Newly Classified. So we want you to give us some new takes on classified objectives. This can be new classified cards. This can be new ways in which classifieds interact with the game. Um, we'll be talking about one of those missions tonight. Um, but just, just any way in which you think that classifieds would be more fun. Um, we've received some interesting um, ideas um, and certainly we are very excited about one entrant that we've had that is it's it's a uh, it's it's a winner um really <laughs> it's really really good and uh, we, we we really can't wait to to um, show it off um because the guy who um, the person who's done it has done a really fantastic um, job on it um by the way yeah so you've got until you have about uh, like 10 or 11 days to get this in um, and again, send it in to us as a Google Doc to lostlieutenant at gmail.com and you will go into the draw at the end of this month to win a small box set of your choice from Toy Soldier Imports. Um, I'm thinking of um, trying to put my uh, classified deck together, not to enter the competition. Can't do that. Yeah, well, you wouldn't but win anyway. I but just... Yeah, we want to know. Oh, fuck you. Yeah, yeah no. Even... Um, because I, I, I want to... Take a look. Uh, take a look at. Uh, have a go at making some uh, new, uh, some new classifieds. Definitely, um, definitely with um, inspired by uh, our very very high effort entrance. Absolutely, yeah. It's um, they've done a great job. Uh, okay, so we will move on to news and announcements. So we've had some announcements. Now we know that the, um, what do you call it? What's it called? The Bakunin. Um, the Bakunin re, yeah, the Bakunin. re thing, re, re, what's it called? Reboot is getting done. So um, we've been hanging out for, I think it's for information on that. Revamp, that's the word. We've been hanging out for information on that. And we have been given some of it. So... We've already seen a lot of the profiles. Sorry, we've seen, we've seen the models um, for the for the starter set. We have seen uh, the concept art, and we've seen a bunch of other things. But now we have some profiles in our hot little hands, which is really exciting as well. Um, so first of all, we've got on the screen now. We've got some. We've got the orphans of the observance. So they are included in the starter set, and the not starter set. What do you call it? The action pack. And um, we're just going to quickly go through these um, at the time of writing. I think the actual army will will update in about like a week, probably less than that by this weekend. Because I think Adepticons this weekend, yeah, I so think it's the Friday of whenever we have, so twenty fourth or something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's going to be quite exciting. So um, yeah. So we've got these. Um, this is going to be pretty cool. So. Um, do you just want to talk about this starting starting off then? 
Yeah, so Orphans go. of the Observance. Um, a decent profile. You know, uh, BS12, Fizz11, Whip13, Arm2. Uh, Mimitism minus three, stealth and religious. Uh, got four profiles. Um, it's uh, submachine gun for 14 points, sub an engineer with submachine gun D charges and gizmo kit for 18 points, an engineer with a repeater, as in like one on her back. Mm -hmm. uh, reminiscent of, her, yeah. of, I think the Securitate has one like that. Oh, yeah, where true. They've got a submachine gun, EM mines, D charges for 23 points. It, that that's the profile I really like that one. Yep. Um, and then a MSV2 multi marksman rifle for twenty six points. For me, this is kind of reminiscent of the cheer killers. If you remember them. Yes. No. I was I was going to say exactly the same thing. Yep. They remind me of cheer killers. Um, cheap. Well, not cheap, but cheap ish. Um, troops slightly yep. specialized. Um, medium infantry actually, which is interesting. Um, little addition, so that's that helps for yeah. some classifieds. Um, but yeah, the, definitely, the, yeah, yeah. This profile makes a lot of sense when you look at the, when we when we look at the fire teams. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, mimetism minus three. Minus three. This is going to be a very heavy mimetism faction. We'll, we'll get into that. Um, yeah, I, I like the engineer. The MSV two orphan with the multi marksman rifle is is decent because you've got MSV two mimetism. Um, we're seeing quite a few of these kind of profiles coming out now, right now. We've seen, we've seen them in Starmada. We've got Yara Haddad. We've got this lady. We've got Cheer Killers. You know, they're, they're kind of similar. It's sort of mid 20 point bracket, one wound, you know, armor two, armor three, BS 12. Um, but the multi marksman rifle certainly makes her, um, it gives her the ability to punch above her weight, um, which is, which is nice. Um, and then EM Mines on any profile is a winner for me. So I'm pretty. Yeah. Very stoked about now, that. That little note at the bottom, does that mean that the orphans are only available in Bakunin? I mean, judging by how it's written right now, yes, yes, because there's no asterisks mm. there to, to, to define if there will be a profile that like will a be profile, in Vanilla. Yeah. yeah, but so it sounds like at the moment these profiles are only in uh, Bakunin, which is great, I think, because it's, it's about time we saw more profiles be sectoral exclusive and not have them packaged into. Uh, vanilla where they can be kind of uh, optimized um out to the it's, point where it's, it's just it's almost yeah. leaning a bit more into the the fluff of like the fact that the observance is a little bit like isolated from everyone else okay yeah yeah that's definitely i mean this also could be a typo right <laughs> we're not we're not uh yeah we're I mean, not going to say I, that cb uh, it's yeah. as far as i'm concerned i'm because there's just too many of these notes are only available in Bakunin that, for them not to be like related to an asterisk somewhere. Yeah. All right. So this that's the first one. Then we have uh, the Cenobites. Oh, uh, so excited for these so, ladies. Yeah. So these are veteran, veteran troops, uh, heavy infantry, uh, impetuous. 6-2 move, CC-22, BS-11, uh, otherwise, you know, whip 13, arm 3, BATS 3 with two wounds. Uh, Mimitism minus 6, martial arts level 3, immunity shock and religious. Uh, so yeah, you know, so far sounding like just sort of cheap, uh, cheaper heavy infantry. Um, we've got a chain rifle plus 1 burst, flash pulse, light shotguns, boarding shotgun, flash pulse, and a heavy rocket, lo lo heavy rocket launcher light shotgun. They all have DACC weapons and they've all got heavy pistols. Um, they start at 21 points and end at 27 points. So, yeah, what do you think of these guys? Ladies, sorry. Uh, I want to point out one 
real big thing on that chain rifle plus one burst profile is the uh, heavy pistol plus one burst. Yeah, yeah. So CC22. Which means it's plus one burst and CC mm. at martial arts level three. Yep, yeah. And I mean, and, and, and in a fire team, that's burst four heavy pistol. That's yes, yes, it not is. That's bad. a close range, really nasty. Um, yeah, like these guys are great. They're very again. I mean, I don't want to compare it too much. Very reminiscent of the Teutonic Knights. Yeah, definitely getting Teutonic Knight Tanko vibes here. The difference, um, the, the the big difference with these girls compared to the Tankos and the Teutonic Knights is they don't have those disposable weapons that those guys have. They don't have Panzerfaust, they don't have flaming spears. They do have flash pulses, which gets you out to 24 inches, but other than that, your only other 32-inch weapon is a heavy rocket launcher, and when you're saying BS11, 27 points, and one half SWC, I'm going to say no to that. Yeah. I mean, they are... I think that's sort of a balancing thing, is for the most part, and... Their weapons are, and I'm going to put in giant finger quotes, rubbish. Right? They're not, but they're not, it's not a HMG, it's not a rock missile launcher, it's not a multi rifle, right? It's a chain rifle and flash mm. pulse, couple of shotguns, and even a heavy r- rocket launcher, as nice as they are, a little bit, you know, eh, as far as uh, heavy weapons go. But again, I, I, I look at these profiles um, and they are. I, they are meant they've been put into the sectorial for a different reason i think it is bringing something to the uh the reverence the observance that they haven't really had before which is um a little bit more martial arts um oh, yeah okay and i think because they're six two and they're s2 these things are going to be a terror when they run around the corner and get into malay and they neg three you uh, sorry, neg nine. <clears throat> yeah, if, if you plan to shoot back, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, I am lukewarm on these profiles personally. I think that they were they are they're gonna be they're gonna be great. They're gonna be reasonably good as cheaper link filler, but they're not. They're still twenty one points. You're still having to fork out, you know, the cost of a skirmisher on one of these ladies, and they don't really do that much actively. They're more they're defensive um, pieces when, for a link team. Yeah, but when you when you take a look at, I mean, this is current. Obviously, the army changes, and there's been talk about making the Moiras cheaper. But when you take a look at the Moiras right now, where the cheapest profile I think is twenty nine points, um, being able to drop at least two of them to twenty one points is pr- pretty big. I mean, it's yeah, it's fine. It's not it's not tankos, it's not Teutons, right? Mimetism next sex is an expensive skill. As a Shaz player, I should know because everything's mimetism minus six. Um and it's a lot sw- squishier than this. Um the other the other the other thing on mimetism in general that I want to point out is mimetism is is purely uh it's a fuck you skill, right? It's not a skill that you really leverage actively that often. It's one of those skills where it's it's there and it's being it's being useful until it's completely not, which is, and yeah. the, whereas MSV is one of those skills where you, it's not always going to have an effect, but when it does, it, it basically, it's, um, you use it to, 
the way you the way in which you use it is to remove uh, a problem from 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 your opponent. Mimetism just gives up just puts a problem in front of your opponent. Um, and we all know that there's plenty of MSV out, out there in the world um, on even just relatively cheap profiles that suddenly makes this profile not worth its points. Like you know, like 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 MSV. If you're paying 25 points for an MSV trooper, it's fine, right? Because you're either you're either not getting to use it or you're getting to use it, and it's and it's good. Whereas this profile is, it's like it's there and it's useful, but when it's not useful, you're like, oh fuck, <laughs> this this use this unit is now it's now I'm now paying points for a, I should be paying like five points less for this this model. So I I find that. Mimitism at minus six is is useful only in so far as is is making your making it slightly harder for your opponent to kill you. Yeah, it doesn't I, really I help think, you. It doesn't really help you actively in the same way as MSV does. Yeah, and I think this my, is going to be an, another model that even in let's say um, vanilla nomads, it's going to be good for one of those missions where you have to hold the middle. Well, shoot. assuming it's going to be. A, I mean, I don't think you can even take these in, in, in vanilla because it says available only uh, for, I, I, for Again, for I'm, I'm taking that available only in Bakuna and Judicial Command as a really grain of salt, yeah. but yeah. But I mean, it's it's still a decent unit. It leans into this whole mimetism faction that we're going to be encountering uh, yeah. with with Moira's and, and whatnot. So, um, yes, but otherwise, yeah, uh, decent. Um, the Observants are the S5, so the... Surprise, surprise, we're getting an action pack with an S5 model in it that's been happening for the last three years, you know. Um, so it's no surprise that we're getting another one. Um, and this is an, yeah, interesting profile. Um, Mimitism minus three, ECM hacker minus three, which features a little bit in this faction that we've seen so far. Uh, BTS, it's BS13, two wound armor five, S5 inventory. You can kind of work out the rest. The weapon loadout is quite interesting though so we've got the red red fury emirat which is which is awesome red fury em mm. grenade launcher plus one burst which is pretty cool and then we've got the ap spitfire um which is you know solid obviously uh all of them are one and a half swc ranging from 37 points to 41 points for the red fury em grenade launcher um, now, these will be linkable in a Harris, I believe. So having a burst 3 yeah. EM grenade launcher is quite tasty when you've got Mimitism minus 3 and BS13. Um, the AP Spitfire is is decent. Um, it's 40 points. BS13 with Mimitism is is fine. Um, the Did, problem well, with the problem... This, this is... This is where the orphan comes into play because the orphan can make a pure, not that it really matters for Harris, but a pure Harris with these guys. Oh, okay. So, right, yeah, they're expensive, that. but they've got a good cheerleader that's an engineer that can follow them around. Right, for like, what, 16 points or something like that. Right, okay. Yeah. Yep, yep. I can see that being useful. And it gives you the burst 5 AP Spitfire because I was going to say the problem with this profile is it doesn't have any template defense of its own it just has an ap spitfire it just has a red fury okay sure the emirat profile is um good although i'm not entirely sure if you're spending one and a half swc and 37 points on a red fury emirat which is a shame because i do love an emirat um yeah i yeah. think i think i think if you're taking this profile you're taking the ap spitfire or you're taking the red fury em grenade launcher um 
I can yeah. like I can see a reason to take the e Emirat, but uh, I think I think the other profiles that, oh, just that burst three e, uh, grenade launcher. I mean, what's that? If you fail in six armor saves, I'm just not sure that you're going to be taking. I'm just not sure you're going to be using the EM grenade launcher all that all that much actively. I think that you're going to get to a point where you're coming around a corner and you're like, "Am I burst three EM grenade launcher or burst five red fury?" Now, sure, uh, the, I would the against the tag that EM grenade launcher would be incredible. Sure, but there's probably other guns that you might want to leverage against a tag because bear in mind that EM grenade launcher is zero range bands, so you're hitting on you're shooting on tens out to twenty four, right. right? So you're like you're probably not hitting, and your your opponent might not be hitting either because your movement has a minus three. Sure, if you hit. That EM Grenade Launcher is probably shutting that tag down, but it's one of those risky things. What I do quite like is, is if you have this thing in a Harris, you can have it on a corner watching a watching a, a fire lane, not a long one, obviously out to 24, and have a burst two EM Grenade Launcher. Hitting on 10s, still not great. The, yeah, the range bands on the EM Grenade, on the Grenade Launcher is just, just bad enough to not make it worth the points. You know what? I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with you. Uh, now that you mentioned that, look, it's good. Like it's a good gunfighter. Um, it's relatively. Um, it's uh, relatively um, immune to hacking. Not really, but it's better. Um, I, one thing I will point out: it's also kind of slow. It's only four four. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I, I don't I don't think we're not gonna see this profile. I think it has a great Harris and I think it's gonna it's gonna be good enough at shooting that we'll see it. I yeah, I think the AP Spitfire is probably the takeaway one from me. Yeah. Um all right, so then we've got okay, we've got the first the only um what do you want like what what are they called? not Moira's what's the word is observance or no, what are they called? The the you girl the nuns. The nuns, the nuns with guns that we're seeing. We haven't, we haven't seen the actual nuns with guns, but we have got this one, which is Mother Healer Agatha Wabara. Um, cool looking model, interesting concept, but it will mm. end up it'll end up being a lot like things like Gunner um, and um, the other Spec Ops thing that I can't remember the name, where they're just kind of being kind of like, yeah, nah, I'll just leave this one at home. And I'll take the doctor that's not 42 points. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, like she, she, she's, got a nice, she's got a nice profile and all that sort of thing. Um, she's just over-costed. That's, that's it. Um, like she's, she's a good shooter, but with bad guns. Um, she's good at melee, but kind of slow. Yeah. Um, and... She's got some resilience in like your shock immune dogged, but I feel like you know, it's almost it's. I, mean, I get why you give shock immune to a dogged thing, so we can always go dogged. But all that she's really got going for her is that she's a better doctor at the moment than the Reverend Healer. Okay, um, but she's not. She's not even seven points better than the Reverend Healer. So. Yeah, so my my concern, well, two concerns. One of them is any model that you are paying more than 30 points for and on, still only has one wound is yeah. 
got to be really fucking good, and this is not. Second of all, if this is the template for the healers in the new box set, then I am concerned for the rest of the nuns. Because what do you mean by that? I'm, well, I'm... I, I mean that if this is the template that we're seeing for healers, as in over 30 points for a doctor with one wound, uh... right? Then we've not fixed the problem with the nuns. Because currently... All the heal, all the nuns are over thirty points. Correct me if I'm wrong, or approximately, like all the ones you want to take. Mostly, anyway, yeah. Right now, that doesn't sound like they're changing them that much. Now they have said, Coney has, or they have said, sorry, Heloise has said online they will be getting cheaper. So that's good. Mm. But, <laughs> but, are they going to be cheap enough to compete with Riot Girls? Is the is the big question. That's. That's one thing I think like a lot of Nomad, a lot of Bakunin players are holding out for. They want to run nuns. We love nuns. They think they, they look great. The fluff is great. They, you know, they're just cool. But currently, MSV, two wound, armor three, heavy infantry are just better than anything that, outside of Kusanagi, anything that the nuns can do. And looking at her, I'm not, I'm not like excited I'm not like, ooh, well, they've changed them. I'm just like, all right, cool. They're they're the same. Look, I, I, I'm going to hold out hope and say that I think maybe she's um, a victim of whatever algorithm they got to like calculate points. Sure, sure. Or whatever. Um, but you're right. It, at the very least, she needs to be NWI, shock immune, at the very least, for those many points. Yeah. Um, especially because, and I think this is the biggest thing, is that, the weapons that they've given her are... Nah. I mean, Breaker, Breaker no. Combi is great. I don't know Breaker Combi. Like 42 points? No, exactly. Not for, not for 42 points. Not for 42 yeah. points on a 4-4 four, four, four movement needs... platform. Yeah. Like, this is she the problem. To be... This is the problem with Mimitism minus 6. Like I was saying, like, MSV is just cheaper and you don't feel bad for having it. Sometimes you feel bad for having Mimitism because you're just like, ah... Oh, Fuck. <laughs> I got templated. Ah, yeah. uh, Mimitism does nothing. Oh, I got hit by an MSV2 trooper. Mimitism does nothing. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's a hard one um, for factions with Mimitism to be worth yeah. it. Mm. All right. Plus one burst medikit. Plus one burst medikit, on the other hand, is very nice. So yeah, that's, that's what I was saying. The only that's the only thing she's really got going for her, and it's not worth forty two points. No. Um. Okay, uh, Zephyr on the chat chat is saying Mimit MSV is more expensive than Mimitism, though. MSV is more expensive than Mimitism, but is MSV more expensive than Mimitism minus six? I would say it's not, judging by these profiles, because we just saw in a, a Mimitism minus three MSV two. Effective gunfire for 26 points. So I disagree. Um, that it's Yeah, cheaper. I would say like I, I, the, the orphan profile would beat this profile. Yeah, like I say, if like I, you can you can have Mimitism minus six. I'm, I'm just I'm just I'm just still butthurt about um of Jath cutthroats. <laughs> like, <laughs> like spending 38 points, almost 48 points for an armor zero one wound BS12 red fury sucks dick because 
He's got I think, the same I, yeah, I think I think someone someone looked at this profile, looked at the Jace cutthroats, and thought, oh, but if they get into close combat, they'll fucking destroy. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah, the problem is getting them there. Getting them there in a four four movement plot. I mean, she's got arm three, I guess. Arm three is also more well, at least at least in Bakunin, you got smoke. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I guess that is the coupling. That the other thing about the the faction in general is the nuns also are generally armor three, which is, you know, we know him. We know how expensive arm is as well compared to other um stats okay so anyway moving on gotta keep, gotta keep moving so robin hook uh has been announced and she is a fucking weird profile i'm all for it the 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 box art the what you call it the the render not the render what's the word i'm thinking of the dossier is really cool really interesting rogue ai or outlaw, outlaw ai um really dig it the profile on the other hand is uh, like it's just the epitome of bloat isn't it um it's, it's just, just like it just does my it just does my head in. It's just so much. I mean, she's cheap. Like she's twenty three points for a rifle plus one damage, tactical bow plus three, which we're assuming means that it's plus three damage. It could be plus three to her it, BS, it but could I feel be like plus three isn't like she, she is Robin Hook, so she could just be a really good shot with her bow. She could be, but then her fizz is ten or eleven, which means it's you're hitting with a damage eleven bow, which then kind of sucks. So. Because a bow no, is I, a bow is damaged fizz. Yes. So that's why that's why I feel like it'd be damaged because otherwise it's damage eleven. At least damage fourteen sort of sounds like oh yeah mm, yeah that's okay I guess. I mean it is um, it is a tactical bow, so isn't it a da? It is da yeah, but like the problem is da if you can't hit for shit is is tough. However, um, yeah, I would also point out that the good range bands for a tactical bow you may as well use a bloody heavy pistol. Well, yeah, I was about to say that she's got heavy pistol plus one burst. Which are the same range bands as a tactical? Well, not not it's not the same range bands. The same good range bands as a tactical bow, and it's mm. damage fourteen shock. So I guess you miss out on the double action, but who cares? Power CC weapon nine minus nine is great, except her CC is thirteen. <laughs> so I yay! Mean, she with minus nine, she can kind of bring like even like a myrmidon down to her ish level. Sure, not really. Sure, it's fine. Otherwise, like uh, she's got booty, um, uh, forward deployment plus four inches, ECM hacker minus three, immunity total, which is which is which is which is fine. You know, six two move. Um, re- uh, she's got a built-in repeater, super jump, climbing plus. She's incredibly mobile, which is great. Um, I just yeah, I don't know, I don't know about this lady. Like at first when I saw her, I thought yeah, she looks great, and then I kind of looked at her more and was like ah uh, yeah. She's not a specialist either, which annoys me. I feel like, I feel like if this lady was a specialist, I'd be like, "Yep, okay, twenty-three points. I could, I could fit that in my list because she's got, you know, she's got the mobility to get places, push buttons. Yeah, she's quick as hell. She's quick, you know. She's quick. She's forward deploying. She's, you, you know, she's got total immunity. At the moment now, she just is kind of like a, a forward deploying repeater that can get yeah. places. But then she's hackable, so you're like, I'd rather I, hmm, I'd rather have a an orphan or cheaper. <laughs> anyway, no, dude, she's there, so you you run checks along arms. 
Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. So they, yeah, they they did actually. We'll we'll get to that. I think this is oh no, it's coming up. We'll do it in a second. Anyway, initiated observance. Um, these profiles actually. Th this is the one profile that was revealed that I was the most surprised and pleased with uh, out of all of them because it's probably the most un not unusual. It's just the most surprising profile. So, um, their medium infantry as well, which is something I've just noticed. Um, otherwise, um, BS twelve armor two one wound. Models with mimetism minus three, stealth and religious, so very similar to the orphans. Except these ladies have um, they've got parachutist option, which can be which is boarding shotgun, and it can either be um, killer hacker with D charges or just the boarding shotgun for twenty two points or twenty five points um, for the killer hacker, which is a nice, relatively cheap specialist um, mimetism boarding shotgun D charges, decent. And then we've got this other profile, which is camouflage one use, infiltration, surprise attack minus three, boarding shotgun, or submachine gun deployable repeater for 23 points or 21 points and half an SWC for the deployable repeater option. And in addition to that, the deployable repeater option also has mine layer. So Bakunin are getting Morans. Essentially, um, which is which is neat. Um, there are only AVA one according to this screenshot, and they are only available for Bakunin. So again, going on that same thread you talked about, they all seem to be Bakunin only profiles. We'll wait to see if that's true. But uh, what do you think of these? Uh, I think I think that one you mentioned the uh, deploy uh, the deployable repeater mine layer. I think that. Is a pretty outstanding profile. Um, it's especially because uh, Bakuna do have really good hackers. Um, uh, they do have a little bit of trouble pushing those hackers out, and who, who are like the hackers? Hacker net out. The the uh, Reverend Custodia, which is uh, uh, like a Whip fifteen. Okay, and then uh, um, Hacker Device Plus and Zoe as well, right? Yes, Zoe as well, and then you yeah. know you, you get the you get the moderators because moderators are like Web thirteen BTS three, right? So that's pretty good. Yeah, they actually, and they're very cheap. I think they're hacking device for fourteen points. Okay, yeah, at the moment, current and under the current um, constitution of the of the list, we, we'll we'll find out in a few days' yeah. time when Adept on kicks kicks off. So I guess we can't. We, we, we'll we'll end up we'll end up having to do all these profiles again, but. Um, so I yeah. yeah I think this I think this is a, a good profile. Um, having only one is a little bit weird. Um, I I always find it a bit weird to have anything with combat drop and a shotgun. Yeah. Um, just because it feels like you have to like the only time you're ever going to use that is in the perfect situation. Well, you you um, you're just getting close enough. Yeah, you're 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 just in that range band where they can template you back, and then you just trade, and it can be bad. It can be a sad time. Yeah, or or you just never get close enough to be in a good range band for the shotgun because there's never an opportunity where something valuable is close to the edge of the board. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas, in, at least the submachine gun has a little bit of uh, reach plus the extra ammo types. Um, yeah, yeah. It does. Yeah, no, I, I like I like it. Um, the, it's just gonna have to wait until the entire faction, the entire sectorial comes out. 
Absolutely. And then finally, oh, fuck, finally, we've got the stigmata of the observance. Now, yes, if I said I was surprised in the previous profile, I was utterly shocked at this profile. Um, so we have another so, tag. <laughs> do yeah, I go, but obvious do I go thing is one? it is the first hacking tag. It's a hacker tag. Kill a hacker? Oh, no. Just, it's a regular. We don't, we don't quite know yet, but yeah. it's just the uh, a tag. So... Yeah, this is an Essex tag. It's got a hacking device, Carbonite plus two damage. Um, uh, the usual assortment of plus one damage, ECM guided, ECM hacker minus three. Um, it's armored with a heavy flamethrower, <coughs> heavy flamethrower plus one burst, or heavy rocket launcher plus one burst with an EMCC, nice. EMCC weapon. Um, sorry, and heavy flamethrower and a heavy rocket launcher. Um, 58 points, and in Bakunin, it'll be worth one and a half SWC. So this is this is this is where you know we were saying before we're like it was saying like available only for Bakunin jurisdictional command. I guess you're right. This one has uh, asterisks on the 1.5 SWC version, so you know it will be available in vanilla, whereas the other ones haven't had that kind of distinction. So yeah. we'll see. Um, this one has been talked about extensively. I'm on. I'm I'm going to say I don't like it. I think this is a bad tag. It's a bad profile. It's. Um, and for the reason, the reason why I don't like it is a tag is already susceptible to hacking. Now you've just made it made it susceptible to killer hackers. Um, good, great, um, cool. The, now this thing, now, yeah, this thing the, now this thing can get trinitied by an anathematic. Um, awesome. I was saying because I was talking about it um, over the weekend, but if you're going to run this tag, um, and it is going to come out the way that it's um, that it looks um, at the moment is um, you have to run the Evo bot and put down fairy dust. Okay. Okay. I don't, right. I don't know. I, don't, that... I think it's enough of an investment just taking this tag without having an add Evo bot just for it. Well, I mean, the, 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 I mean, you are also running potentially, like if you're running Bakuna, you are running potentially a... Uh, Heavy like a infantry, like a uh, heavy link. So you're not you're not losing out by taking an Evo and dropping fairy dust. You do get some advantages um, to doing that. Yeah. Um, but it's a tag. It's I mean it's relatively cheap. Um, I think the biggest thing is that normally a tags are kind of beat sticks. Mm -hmm. um, like they they're normally there to fight. They generally have a high burst, high damage weapon. This is the first tag that doesn't really get that i mean the no. again the heavy rocket launcher is nice but burst three is getting risky I, yeah i don't know if it can really take on like normally you can throw a tag out of something that's a good um that's a good shot um and reliably uh, reliably um like either rely on your armor or the fact that you're going to hit it because normally you're bs 14 this is bs 13 um, its gun is it has low-ish burst of only three. Um, and like you said, it's super vulnerable. It, like It's the only thing in the game that's now um, vulnerable to every single hacking program. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's... At least aggressive hacking. I, I, mean, I mean, yeah, like it, it is itself is a good hacker, right? BTS6, three structure... ECM hacker minus three. 
and a hacking device with carbonite plus two damage is a great hacker. Like it's it's this fantastic fantastic. It's gonna be difficult to take down. It's gonna be it's it's going to be able to put out you know serious threats to other hackers specific in and, and, and other tags, right? But is it fifty eight points of a good hacker, especially because it can't go prone? It's 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 got a lot of vulnerabilities without an awful lot of defense. Um, sure, it's CC twenty, so you can't you can't necessarily run up and just like bonk it with an with a weapon. Um, mm. But it, its guns leave a lot to be desired. Um, and Could yeah, carbonite's Carbon the isolated one, right? No, carbonite's the double action. Your immobilized one. Sorry, I'm sorry, meant the immobilized one. Yeah, immobilized like, one. So if if that hacking device turns out to be a killer hacking device, I'll be a little bit more into it. Oh yeah, if it's a killer hacker, then I, I will change my mind. Uh, this becomes an huh. anathematic without camo. But um, yeah, at the moment, I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm intrigued enough about it that I would love to see it. People run it and see what they can do with it. But hmm. on face value, I am unclear as to how this would actually do yeah. anything useful at, at the moment there are too many things that cost like half this thing's points that could run up and sh and just kill it right an intruder would annihilate this thing uh i mean it's an it's arm sex model so i mean the hmg will still have a hard time getting through it but yeah i i, I know what you mean it's not it's sorry not, it, it's sorry not... wait no no hold on i said intruder didn't i you did say intruder yes i meant interventor sorry Okay, right. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, it'll just you just possess it. You just possess it like you possess every other tag, and then be like, and then use, and then you, and then use its hacking device on your own friend on your on your enemy. All right, and then lastly, we have the power team chart. We won't spend too much long too long on this because we really will we'll get all this out very soon. I mean, have to move on with the rest of the show. But um, safe to say. Riot Girls are still here. Taskmaster still still here. Morlocks are still here, right? Yeah, so, so you know, you know, everyone, everyone who can, was worried like me, yeah, yeah, that the anarchy side was going to get blown up. It's all still identical. They're still nothing there. that's changed. Reverend Fire teams are still core Harris. They can still be pure because everything's a Reverend. Um, yeah, everything looks pretty much the same. Um, there's some obviously the moderators are a little bit different. Things have been added, but nothing's really been taken away. Which is good yeah. um, for those people who are concerned. Yeah, and like I was saying before, the introduction of Cinnabites to the Reverend means that that team's generally cheaper, and the Observance Fire teams does mean that you've got the Orphans, the Cinnabites, and the Penitents can all go together. They make this nice, relatively cheap Harris, you know, for Bakunin. Yeah. Um, so you've got. <sighs> I mean, I I don't even, think we even can use now, the word before we see the before I... we see the Moira mm. changes. I can see like how they're sort of trying to fix them, making them a bit cheaper, give them a bit more of like template defense and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy. I don't know if you can use the word Moiras and cheap in the same sentence. It's gonna be expensive. And again, right. The other thing I'll say on this is. The two the the two Moiras that we we're getting in the box set are an HMG and a sniper rifle. The, so it's like if you want to make them a core, then are you making them an aggressive core? And if you are, they're one wound with a mimetism minus six. It's just it's a weird push and pull going on there that I'm not. And sure, yeah, the Cenobites will make it a little bit cheaper, and they will give you point defense. They will give you like that close assault capability, but. 
Oh, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll like, see. They, might, they might just be in a similar position as Mo is. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send out the brainwaves to um, CB. Is they just need to give? They just need to give the Moira's shock immune. That's it. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure that's. Oh, hopefully that'll happen. All right, we'll move on. So we've got a little bit of an, we've got some couple more announcements to go through before we go for a quick break. Uh, where were we? Here we are. All right. Um, so we will we will be talking about this on the weekend. Uh, sorry, tonight. But uh, Anzac Cup is coming up, 15th and 16th of April. I don't know what the capacity is like at the moment. Maybe Rob can write in, write us in a note and let us know. But there are, I think, eight of us coming up, or nine of us maybe now coming up from Melbourne um, on the on the on, in April. Um, it's four rounds. Missions are frontline, sensor field, highly class, or silly hassified and rescue. We will be talking about them tonight. Um, tickets are twenty five dollars. Get them on Infinity Australia Facebook page or contact Rob Wright on um, IA or Discord. Um, and then Burn City Brawl, 5th and 6th of August. Uh, details are still for, to be forthcoming. It's going to be at Flemington and Kensington Bowls Club in Melbourne. Um, you can find all the details out on Facebook or Discord or hit me up because I'm one of the TOs. We're still trying to figure out the missions. Uh, we will get there soon. We're just trying to get everything together, being a bit busy. Um, anything you wanted to add on to that, Jacob? Are you coming to Anzac Cup or are you still not sure yet? Uh, I think unfortunately with my, my ride gone, it's going to be a bit difficult. But, you're um, right, you're right. I will... On... Yeah. Oh, okay. Like I was, well, I was oh, going up with Val and everything. Right, yeah, because Val, Val's no longer coming. Um, yeah. We will... We, we, there are some people driving up because I know we're taking some tables up because, you know, we, I, we might even be half the attendance. So we're going to have to bring some tables up to help yeah, uh, the local it, community. It seem like that. So I think I think um, uh, Jordan just... and Tristan are driving up. Um, so there'll be there might be some seats. There might not be. Depends on how many tables we take. Yeah, we'll find. We'll find. I'm just going to quickly shout out, uh, partly because I don't want to do it in the middle um, of our main discussion, uh, run by our good friend on Discord, Sprogulator in New South Wales. It's a three round tournament called Operation Vinecutter. Um, it's happening on the 22nd of April. Um, at Combat Company um, in uh, Moordale, Sydney. It's a three-round tournament. Tickets are $25. There has a 24-player uh, maximum. Um, I'm not going to spoil it at the moment, um, but it mm. ha- it ha- is a custom sort of narrative uh, tournament that I'll talk about later, but the potential missions are Capture and Protect, Unmasking, Looting and Sabotage, decapitation biotech four again that's it's only three rounds um so if you have a chance you want to go and see something interesting i'll talk about it a bit later in the episode um go and check it out cool um and you got the details we'll put that up in the show notes yeah yeah we'll we'll, we'll chuck them up in, in description for the podcast when it goes up on spotify later this week um okay well with that we will um it's been like over an hour Damn it. God damn, Bakun and stuff taking up all our time when we should be talking about <laughs> Anzac missions. Anyway, uh, we, we will be right back after the short break. 
And we're back, folks, for the second part of the show where we're going to go through the Anzac Cup missions. So there are four of them. And like we said before, there are, um, two of them are custom missions. Now, the reason why there's four of them and not five of them, or four of them and not three of them, is it is a two-day event, um, but it is taking place on Saturday afternoon. So we only got time for two rounds on Saturday. Uh, the reason for that was to allow people coming down from Sydney and over from Melbourne to be able to drive over. Well, maybe not from Melbourne, but definitely from Sydney can drive down on a Saturday morning and make it in time for Saturday afternoon, um, which also has the added added benefit of not having three rounds on day one and getting your brain fried. So that's quite nice. Um, but anyway, the reason why we're talking tonight is to talk about these missions. And then after we talk about the missions, we will talk about custom missions in general, because I don't know about you, Jacob, but I feel like in the last three years, custom missions have really come to the forefront of competitive play. And um, prior to that, we'd see them occasionally um, in narrative events. And yeah, I mean, bef yeah. before that, you you rarely even saw them. You really even saw the like the ITS extras being used. Like even they were just rare. I think. Uh, oh, I'd, yeah, I would see. Really I would see spec ops, and I would see limited. And, limited insertion got played a lot, but yeah, you're right. Like it was just the, It's yeah. just this like twist from the norm, and. Mm. I wanted to talk about it tonight because, yeah, like you know, obviously this 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 lineup is a good excuse to talk about them. Um, but it's it's also not something you see in other game systems, especially not in competitive play. And I would like yeah, to it, yeah it, talk about why it we very why... rarely gets past like the local level anyway. Yes, yeah. and um, I mean, obviously, this event we're going to is not super hyper competitive, right? It's a charity event, so it's not, you know. But even on even other places, you know, and I've heard the guys at Dice Abide, you know, Rose City Raid runs custom missions. Um, custom missions feature quite heavily in TTS and the IGL. And uh, I guess I just wanted to talk about that and, and see what people's thoughts are on it and my personal thoughts on, on custom missions. But first, let's get into the missions, shall we? So, oh, I was actually going to bring up the ITS document, but... Maybe Jacob, do you want to talk about this while I bring up the ITS document? So the first uh, mission. Okay. So, so what's the first mission of Anzac Cup? Yes, yeah, so the first mission's frontline classic. Anyone who's played for any amount of time has probably played it. Um, simple. The middle of the board is divided up into three equal width zones. Uh, the and the objective is just to. Dominate as many zones as possible with more zones, uh, sorry, more points available to you for the zones that you uh, conquer or that you dominate further away from you. Um, this one does have another thing that comes up sometimes, which is the Intel uh, com card, which is you, uh, so in this one you have four classifieds. You can, instead of getting that classified point, you can look at the number on the top of the classified, so 1 to 20, and you can use that card to say, I'm going to put 20 extra points mm. into a particular zone. So I've never used it before. I don't think I've really seen anyone use it to great effect before, but I can see, especially if you have a close game, especially if, like, frontline was done last and you're top table, it might be worth it to, you know, get those little bit extra points. 
um, has uh, decompression zones. So I don't know how I, I know Kevin and I are both pretty unimpressed by. I don't think anyone. I don't think like, anyone's impressed with decompression zones. I think they're just annoying. Like, decompression, decompression zones are just go away, please. Like, um, uh, <laughs> they're, and, yeah, they're... and you get it. And you get a defensive turret, which often often is uh, just wasting one of your opponent's order. Or if you're like me, crits a um, uh, what's the Ariana tag? The Chernobog? No, the other one, trip hammer. Trip, you can do uh, that. Yeah, crits a trip hammer like twice and does two wounds to it. That's handy. Sorry, I'm just trying to get this um, the fucking thing to fit the screen. There we go. Got it. Oh, I get rid of my work stuff from the screen as well. <laughs> not, not, not a custom mission, but probably if I was ha- had to say it's one of, it's an OG mission. It's it's always good. It doesn't really disadvantage any armies or advantage any armies. There's no like bonuses for hackers, engineers, or anything like that. Um, it's just an oldie but a goodie. Yeah, so a couple of changes to the mission, like you say, you know, you've gotten all the points there, um, is that there are four classifieds in this mission, and that is a change from previous seasons, which um, I guess we, we probably should have talked about the broader aspects of the mission lineup that we've got. So, um, But it's difficult to talk about the broader aspects because two of them, half the missions are custom missions, which a lot of our listeners won't know. Um, but the, the, cl- the lineup here is quite classified heavy because we've got essentially a play on highly highly classified and then we've got another mission that has two classified objectives in it so how this one having four classifieds it's essentially highly classified plus domination um to it which really kind of leans away from how frontline used to be played which was like kill everything and then on the last turn dominate dominate the zones now that tactic will still work absolutely will still work but you now have four points up for grabs just from doing classifieds, which really kind of balances out the mission of being um, from being just like a pure yeah. killing mission to this. You know, you've got also got to think about this uh, this part of it as well, which I really like. It means it means that this mission, like as far as tournament design goes, works in both one where maybe you want the tournament to be a bit more killy, so you're using like decap or firefight. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but it also works in ones with like unmasking and the ones that use a lot of specialists because you've got those four classifieds. You're going to want to try and take a doctor, an engineer, a hacker. Yeah, server, it's a good like mission because it, it's a good mission because you can It does pair well with a lot of other missions. Like you don't have to think too yeah. too much about the what you're what list you're building. Um, obviously, there are things that you will should consider. Um, so baggage and baggage and Shaz Shazvasti rules are in this in this mission because domination is the is the game, um, you know. So you want to be considering, um, yeah, baggage. Um, so echadrons, um, uh, chaxes, uh, any of your baggage bots really useful in this mission. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, one now that I think about it. Wow, that's is uh, the Maggie. Uh, Magariba, yeah, because she's like 106 points or something like that. If she's uh, in a zone at the end of the game, but it's all at the end. It is all at the end of the game. So you know, yeah. Magariba guard, great piece. Will she last until the end of the game? Mm, not sure. Um, you mentioned Intelcom, fucking worst rule in the game. Honestly, I just ugh, never, never really like it. Don't really know why it's there. But I mean, it is there if you don't want to do secure the HVT. 
Um, or if you want to basically not do four classifieds and just do three, uh, it is an option because there are three other points up for grabs in classifieds um, to put the points of your card in the zone. It's weird, it's weird because, honestly, it's a rule that makes more sense to use when you know your opponent really well. So, like, if you're playing a friend and oh, you okay. know that you might, like, need those extra points or he's really good at dominating the zone. Admittedly, if someone says that they're playing Shazvasti, I might consider... I would might consider doing it because... And for anyone going to this... Um, to the Anzac Cup, do not... Like, do not underestimate how difficult it is to deal with a Shazvasti player on a domination um, mission. Right, that Shazvasti rule can is just killer sometimes. Yeah, and I mean, I, I was I'm planning on taking Rama to this event, but it all depends on if I get things painted. Otherwise, I will I probably will take Shaz. Um, and yeah, the the ability to just have shrouded or malignos or not or like they say we lot in the last episode, a malignos sniper on a rooftop that goes just unconscious outside of your DZ is now a thirty five point model that you now can't get to. Um, is really handy. Um, so yeah, and the other thing about this mission that is interesting is it has retreat, but it does not end in retreat, unlike pretty much every other mission in the game. So it's like it's like no retreat, but worse, <laughs> because you have to continue to play the rest of the game in retreat, um, which sucks for you if you are the person who's in retreat. Um, so it, that kind of lends itself a little bit to just like smashing your opponent, because the problem is if you smash your opponent really, really hard and they go into retreat, but they put whatever they've got left into a zone that you are not dominating, then they could still beat you. Or they do a classified and they're like one point up and they beat you. This way... That doesn't happen. You go into retreat, you're like, oh my god, I'm running away. And then you just go, I'll continue to spank you until you're tabled and we can we just carry on. So um bear that in mind. It's never it's never the awkward five minutes of actually figuring out what the rules of retreat are. Yeah, true. Um and a lot 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 of the time it doesn't apply because you've got courage or religious or veteran or whatever. Um but it's never come up for me in a game, but it's one thing I always have in the back of my mind. Um, if I am like destroying my opponent, I have to. I, I remember the fact that I don't have to worry about retreat. Well, I have to worry. Well, I don't. I don't have to worry about my. my I don't have to worry about retreat, but my opponent does. So that's an interesting yeah. difference to the mission. Um, so yeah, like that's you know that's really all there is much I think to say on frontline. I guess um, what would you value in a mission like this um you know like the types of units that you might want to take uh, i mean obvious thing anything with infiltration forward deploy um take them um things like uh you know talking about if uh, going and taking tack tack is great for that because the mine layers the strelic mine layer 20 points it's not it's not hugely expensive, but it's not particularly cheap, and they do their job already. They're, right, they're there to confuse your opponent. Right, they put down a mine, um, makes them be more cautious, be slower, that sort of thing. But yeah, anything with uh, forward uh, forward deploy infiltration, um, mine layer, and then something something that can hold its own. I would seriously look at your 
like whatever your army list is, find something that was really tough to deal with in suppressive fire and have that be the piece that you're going to put in your opponents if you manage to do it. Opponents, um, like closer to your opponent's DZ at the end of the game when they made you go first. Mm-hmm. Because unless you manage to, you know, make a line of troops in their deployment zone and there's no way of them getting out, that really expensive thing like a hack towel, right, is going to have to, right, you know, is going to have to hold their own. Okay, yeah, so so you can, um, so my earlier point about, like, you, you can go pretty hard in this mission, right, um, if you want to. Um, but as you said, you you can also reserve your strength until the third turn. So if you are going second, um, a good tactic may be to have lots of things maybe off the board, AD, head and deployment, right? Really valuable because you can just be on turn three, get into the zones you need to get into. So obviously you want to be defending your own zone primarily and your, take your opponent's zone because you know if your zone is only worth one to you but it's worth three to your opponent um and then the, the central sector i think is probably less of an issue like i think if you can dominate your opponent's side of the table and keep yours that's four points and then it's just a case of like getting a couple of your classified objectives and you've won yeah the center objective can sometimes be a bit of a trap i think because you put a lot of effort into there and that's also where a lot of the fights happen but if you if you are going second, for example, um, you can just you know if you've got echadrons or some kind of baggage, put in the put it in the closest sector. Your idea yeah. with Strelox is good because they can literally just sit there with themselves and a mine and a decoy. Your opponent doesn't know which one is which, and they'll waste they'll waste well they'll waste their orders trying to dig mm. one of you out, and you're like I'm still twenty points, I don't care. Yeah, and if and if you're doing that sort of thing, like I, I would do what I've started to do. Um, with tech is don't put your, like, if you've got a mine layer decoy thing, which to be honest is probably only Strelok. Um, yeah, pretty much. Don't, like, don't, don't put them so that, like, they're stretched out in a line. Put them in a little bundle of, like, in an eight, like an eight inch circle so they don't necessarily know which one's which. Right. right and it's yeah. worth putting the Strelok in, like, the odd, like, the weird position. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that that makes sense. And actually, um, what were you just saying before there? I just had a thought that came to my mind, and it's gone again. Um, oh, it was going to be about um, obviously dominating the farthest sector from your 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 deployment zone. It's probably the hardest one to 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 um, take. Yeah. It, well, it can be, which is the point of us making about dominating the central sector, because if you do put too much material into the central sector, then you leave your own sector potentially vulnerable yeah um which then leans itself a little bit to if you do end up going first then often your prerogative there is just kill as much as you can so that they don't have enough resources to stretch themselves between the three zones yeah. so they, they maybe have to just go two zones and then you are then able to um capitalize on whatever zone that you want to, to make sure that you hold um, then just have to be careful about the old, you know, head deploy or AD coming on on the last turn to ruin your plans. Yeah. And I know when I, I know when I build a I know when I build a list for this mission. Um, typically, I am looking at going second. Um, yeah. To just 
yeah, capitalize on um, airborne deployment and hidden deployment. I am worried a little bit about um, the, the prolific pro proliferation of sensor bots in this season. So be, bear that in mind as well. If you are trying to dominate the central sector, you are closer to somebody who may want to censor you. It's a little bit harder to pinpoint where someone might be because there's no buttons in this mission to kind of narrow the field down as to where you could censor. So it maybe isn't as such a big deal, but it's something to bear in mind as well. And I think in this mission, tags do have their place, but yeah. you either going to use them to hold your back line because they can still fight from there. Yes. Or if they're like a shorter range one with an SMG or something like that. Um, a tag with an SMG? I don't know any uh, tags with sorry, SMGs. Uh, Spitfire. Spitfire, right. Okay. I was like, tag with an SMG. Right. I mean, that's a cool weapon, but yeah, no. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. You are not going to put, do not try and put them, like, unless it's a desperate last bid, do not put them into your opponent's zone because um, you, you're just asking for it to be flanked. I think your point there about tags is really, really important, um, actually. I think this is a decent tag mission. Um, like, yeah, you just move it four inches out, move it just an inch out of your, or two inches out of your deployment zone, get it inside your closest zone, use it as an anchor, use it as a 70, 80, whatever point model that your opponent has to get rid of if they want to dominate that zone. Because like, it's very, very difficult for someone, for your opponent to dominate your closest zone if you've got a tag that's alive in it. Unless, of course, they've just absolutely you know blitzkrieged you and there's you've got nothing left um the mistake that you would make is when you move that tag from the your closest zone to your mid zone um that's yeah. where you could come a cropper also it's historically difficult to know where the fucking zones end so you know word to the wise use your hvt to help you know where that sure. zone starts and ends so that because it's um because because it's, it, it's an eight inch it's an eight inch zone eight inch zone eight inch zone so typically we go uh hvts go four inches out of your deployment zone and that's usually as far as far forward as we put them because we don't want them to be too close to the opponent but in this mission i would advocate for putting it eight inches out of your deployment zone so it's just crossing the yeah put um, it perfectly on the line and use it as a marker yeah and then just remember if it's the front or the back of the base that you put on the line because i often forget <laughs> when i'm doing these ones yeah. i'm like shit did i put the front of the base on the 20 inch line or the back of the base on the 20 inch line but either and way make 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 a mental or physical note of where you put the hvt so you know where that because that's the hardest one to get a a, a a bearing for and the the other thing is and i think we'll move on up to this but the other yeah. thing is is um, if you're going to struggle, like pushing, you, if you've got your zone, they've got their zone, and you think that you're going to really struggle getting through the middle, right? Take a look at the classifieds. And if you can just do your classifieds, ignore getting the middle back off your opponent, just get those extra points up on the classified objectives. Like, don't, don't forget them. They are, there are four of them. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, always have that in the back of your mind for sure. Um, all right. What was the next mission? Uh, let's go through the non-custom missions first. Ah, and then we'll, good, good point. We'll go, I like we'll go that back. idea. So the very last mission in Anzac Cup is rescue. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to say we this did, for... which which we just played on the weekend as well. So we have some yeah. we have some you know our some, some, maybe, maybe I'm going to say this just for that. the veteran players is if you remember what 
uh, rescue used to be, it was a nightmare. Now it is fine. It's just a mission. What was it? The, what was it that made it a nightmare before? Uh, the middle zone was completely difficult terrain, and the old oh, rules yeah. for difficult terrain was you <laughs> used your second movement. Yeah, uh, this sucked. is back. It this is bad. back when medium infantry used to be four two, so they would move two two. Yeah, that was bad. That wasn't great. Um, yeah, no, I, we played this mission on the weekend, and I played it recently as well. I think against um, Tristan, it might mean. No, it wasn't Tristan. Somebody else. But I like this mission now. I think this mission is a good mission. Um, it's it yeah. does lend itself to I think just alphaing your opponent to the ground and then spending your last turn grabbing civvies and moving it back. But um, if you can't do that, I think it's a very good and balanced mission. Yeah, and I think I think the good balance of that mission is um, if you are going second um, and you are. You know, and you are afraid of that alpha. Put yourself in, you know, hide back of your base, sort of thing. You know, obviously have some watching of the civilians, um, but your, you know, your opponent has to make a choice: Do I kill my opponent, who's in a really difficult position to get to, or do I grab the civilians? Right. Mm. Either way, um, second turn has sort of an uphill downhill battle, whereas. Um, where you just have to make sure you get the civilians at the very end of the game um, and you can figure out, you know, you can try and, you know, fight your way through your opponent where someone going first has to deal with the fact that um, if they run up and grab civilians, they're then facing, you know, 10 orders or whatever coming back at them. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's, much like supplies in that regard in that mm. if you if you null deploy entirely then your opponent has free reign of the board and can go get the civvies however those civvies are only four inches out of your deployment zones then so your opponent needs to move further there is an exclusion zone as well in this mission so they can't forward deploy in the first place and then they've got yeah. to get them back to a safe safe zone and there's no other real objective in this mission except for getting the civilians so and because if your opponents grabbed your own civilians in turn one and only gotten halfway back to their own DZ, y your objective's all in front of you. You know, you go past, kill your opponents that's holding your civilians, and then go go get theirs. So it's it's um I I quite I quite like it. Um, we'll we'll go through the scoring for it quickly. So it's because it's a lot bit it's a lot bit tricky, and it can catch people out as well, which is which is important to note. Um. So it says at the end of the game, so first of all, the deployment is 12-inch deployment, standard deployment. There are four civilians in what's called, or there are four civilians on the 16-inch line of each deployment zone. Um, they're 12 inches in from the edge and then eight inches apart from each other, uh, which if you've ever set up a table or rescue, will know that's really quite difficult to get correct because... Yeah. 12 inches plus the 8. If you don't have each civilian spaced exactly correct, you will get this like compression effect where when you get to the last civilian, you're like f 5 inches away. You're like, how the fuck did I yeah, do that? Yeah, that's, that's what I kept finding. I just could not get the measurements right. And they also, um, from, a, from a table building point of view, so shout out Rob Wright having this as your last mission. Fucking... Make sure that the tables are equipped for rescue because 
on the weekend, we set up tables on Friday night and we were, we were there till about 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> and, um, we, we'd set up this table. Uh, I got this, I got this Necromunda table from, um, somebody during lockdown. It's a fantastic table. It's like, it's just what you think of a Necromunda. It's like walkways everywhere and there's all these buildings and tall towers and it's really, really cool. It's like all rusted out and everything. It's great. But when we, so I let Phil set up the table and then I came around later on and we're like, all right, so let's, let's see how this table plays for rescue. And by letter of the law, HVTs have to be placed on ground level. We couldn't do that. <laughs> it was, it was not possible. Like we had to move the train out of the way and we were just like, oh, fuck it. This guy's seven inches away. He's not eight because we just can't do it. So bear that in mind when you're setting up the table. Um, because it takes up a lot of real estate and you end up with this like strip outside your DZ that just has nothing in it. So, um, yeah, I, 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 unless I, you've got like a bunch of walls, right? Like there's little like, like S5, S6 high walls. Yeah. You, you, you're gonna, gonna yeah, have a bad it, time. I think, I think TOs can make the, 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 the call on it, whether or not they want them to be on buildings, like maybe, maybe, or maybe in a buildings or something like that. Um, as long as it's as long as it's accessible, I think it's fine. Yeah. But by the way that you're supposed to set them up, it is yeah. tricky. So bear that, yeah, bear that in mind. Um, yeah. So at the end of the game, uh, for each Civivac civilian, so you have the Civivac, the Civivac is a civilian, one objective point. Um, at the, have the same number of Civivac civilians in your dead zone. The dead zone is that four inch strip outside your DZ. Uh, one point. Um, for that, have more Civivac civilians in your dead zone than your opponent. It's two objective points. And at the end of the game, have more Civivac civilians in your deployment zone is three points. And then there's one classified objective. So one thing I want to mention about this straight off the bat is it doesn't matter. If you've got four civilians, all of them in your in your DZ, you're not getting 10 points, right? You You are, you are getting... You are getting eight points because you do not have a civilian in your dead zone. So bear that in mind. Make sure you have a mm. civilian in your dead zone, um, or not. Make sure you have a civilian in your dead zone. But like, if you have two civilians and they're both in your deployment zone, they're not getting you extra points. You might as well have one in your DZ, one in your dead zone. That's how you get to ten points. Um, it seems counterintuitive because you want to have them all in the safest point possible, but. Um, remember that. Um, what else about this mission, Jacob? Um, Corsair. There is a Corsair in this um, mission, yeah. Who is actually... I mean, the Corsair I find has actually been more valuable than I thought it would be. But in this mission, the parachutist like, profile is actually more valuable than you think. If you, if you need, like... A last ditch effort to try and get a civilian or something like that. Um, parachuting it in into the dead zone, grabbing uh, a civilian, like especially if you're going second, just to grab the civilian and go, I've got more civvies now. Yeah, um, it's worth it. The no gravity zone is huge in a mission where speed counts for it, uh, like pretty much every everything. No, no gravity so zone is, with... is the plus one, yeah. So the yeah. Uh, so the, the low gravity is the gives things super jump. This is like uh, no train gravity. turtle, train zero G, and super jump get plus one inch to their moves. Yep. Um, 
which is yeah, and like I said, it's and really a game useful and a and mission mobility. where you've got to run up and run back. Really good. Yeah, no, we we had it in our game um, on the weekend where I had an Amur who is a, who is a specialist, by the way, and in this so mission, a speci- specialists can grab two um, civilians, um, which is really useful. And because she's six two with total terrain, she is moving seven two, which you know it's it's only an inch, but when you're moving seven inches, and then your second half of your order can be like shooting or dodging or whatever. It's super quick. Um, really gets really gets around. Um, yeah, so well worth it. And on the rules for Civivac, now we may have already covered this on a previous podcast, I guess, when we went through ITS fourteen. But for those out there who don't know, Civivac has changed from ITS thirteen to ITS fourteen. Um, in a f- couple of ways, um, the main one being that it used to be a case of it would move with you with its own stat line. So, you know, it, it would move four when you move four or when you move six or however far you moved. Yeah, it was, it was, it was like a four, four peripheral, essentially. Yeah, but now they are strapped to you like like Baby Yoda or... Um, uh, or like a Bra- supplies box. Bran and Hodor, you know, like he's just like on your yeah. shoulders, just like running around. So you don't have to worry anymore about this model like leaving it behind because you're too fast it will just be like stuck to you and the only thing you have to make sure is that wherever you end there's enough space for those silhouettes to go down um so if you if you've grabbed two of them make sure when you where you leave where you end there's space to put those two s2 markers um in base contact with you you know like you don't want to be like stuck in an area where there's literally no space for them to go you've got to make sure that's there um, the other thing is, in order to civvac in the first place, you have to get into base contact with these civilians and pass a whip plus three. Um, a whip plus three, if you fail it, I think it goes just a whip, regular whip, because they become hostile. Yeah. Um, and there are some limitations as to who can civvac a civilian. Now, I got this wrong. Well, I didn't get this wrong. I did not remind my opponent on one of the rounds that they could not use an impetuous model to to civvac uh, a civilian, which I felt horrible about because we got to turn three. He had Liang Kai in a corner with a with with this uh, the admiral that we were talking about, which is the same rule. And I was coming around the corner, and I was like, "Right, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna shoot Liang Kai, kill him, and then I get the thing, and I win the game." And I was like, "All right, I'm gonna move out." And I'm gonna move out enough that I'm taking you out of cover. And then I th- and then, then I said to myself, "Wait a minute, though. Leon Kai's impetuous, isn't he?" And my opponent Lewis was like, "Yeah, he is." I'm like, "Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> We've gotten three turns around this game, forgotten that Leon Kai was impetuous, and he could never have civvac the bloody civvy in the first place." But anyway, we were where we were where we were, um, and I shot him twice, hit him twice. And he rolled two twenties for his armor save, and that was all she wrote. But um, that's one for Ivory out there. Liang Kai can go suck a dick. Uh, he, yeah, that was so. Remember that impetuous cannot do it. The important thing with impetuous in this, well, not this season, but in the current shape of N four is with bikes. While most bikes start with impetuous, yes. the new rules allows them to. It, it's it, like it. It specifically says they give up 
the impetuous rule. Yes. So yes. any bike um, can become yeah can pick up the thing so long as they get rid of um, if they get rid of the impetuous rule with the bike uh, new rule. Um, yeah. Do note though that if you frenzy, because I think a couple of the bikes do have frenzy on them. Uh, you probably will go impetuous again, and you can't pick up a civilian if you're uh, impetuous. Impetuous, yeah. So definitely, um, bikes are really good this season, or bikes are really good now in general because it's now baked into the N4 rules that you can just cancel impetuous. So you know, on the weekend I had Carmen and Batard. Uh, you've got you Jimbo, all these bikers who are eight four or eight six move who are perfect in this mission because they've got smoke usually, they've got impet, they've got mm. mimetism. Fucking excellent. The Kuroshi really, really rider would be fucking yeah. gross. Yeah, so really good in this mission as well. Um, as some of our patrons are saying in the chat as well, um, you can also cannot um, Civivac if you're in a if you're in a fire team, which is also the reason why I didn't think about Liang Kai when we had this game because Liang Kai was in a duo with a Shaolin monk, and of course there was no impetuous to be played at the start of the game. Because they're in a they're in a fire team, so it just didn't click to me that there was that they were impetuous. You know what I mean? Like I was just like, oh yeah, yeah, go for it, whatever. And then yeah, later no, on, I was like, oh wait, there was an impetuous order that was like cancelled because they're in a fire team. So remember that as well, kids. Like if you are impetuous, you are no longer impetuous in a fire team, but you cannot civivac a civilian if you're in a fire team, which then means well, you have to the, break the, the fire team, and then you are now impetuous again. So. Like, best, yeah. The best way to think about it is if you have the impetuous rule. Yes. Because, right, like I said, the bikes specifically say they give up the rule. Um, the other thing is if you have the peripheral rule, you cannot pick up the civilian, which means anything that's like like oxbots and stuff can't do it, but the dude with the that that's like the controller, yeah, they can still pick them up because they don't have the peripheral rule. Yeah. And then your your example with um, antipodes, they can't either because they are peripherals, right? Yeah. So yeah. Like, even something that's not a REM, so it's a, a oh, REM yeah, can't pick them up either. REMs can't pick them up either. So, um, so puppet bots, for example, players have a, can't. Have a suck. Yeah. So actually, are puppet bots REMs as well? Are they like just... Are they just like little heavy, like little infantry? Things? I mean, I don't know. I'll look it up in the, right now. But either way, either way, even if they weren't rams, they couldn't because puppet bots are peripherals as well. So yeah, yeah that's another thing you can't do, uh, which is important to note. Um, but it's just funny, yeah, because you, yeah, you, you, if you're, um, yeah, if you are a doctor with a nazmat, doctor can, but the nazmat cannot. Um, yeah. You also can't be part of a coordinated order either to pick up yeah. a, a civilian. So. Um, yeah, just yeah. Bear that in mind. Um, it's it is important, and it was important for me in my game when I didn't realize it. The Ankai was like whoop 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 with his like you know admiral. I was like, you can't do that. He's like, I don't give fuck you. I'm like, oh okay, <laughs> too late. <laughs> um, so yeah, rescue. Sorry, he's just cartwheeling his way down the corridor, making the admiral throw up. Yeah. <laughs> so um. What else was there on rescue? So things to things to bear in mind, uh, things to value in in rescue. Uh, again, yeah, mobility is huge, really important in this mission. Um, I would be looking at motorcycles, um, and with six six inch movement, 
And unfortunately, a lot of things with six-inch movement are remotes, so not your sensor bot, unfortunately, this 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 game. But um, anything else with six-inch move, uh, I was talking about Namurs earlier on, they're excellent because they are specialists with six-two move and climbing plus. So on the um, civilian part of things, if you sink a civilian and you've got climbing plus, hey, so do they now because they're on your shoulders and you're just moving up a building with them uh, attached to you. And an, an incredible, an incredible one because I think their six-six move now. I think about it is the. Um... Oh, why can't I think of it? What's the um, the Sphinx? The Sphinx, yeah, because it is not a remote; it is a tag, so it can. So it again, can do it. we were talking about tags for frontline, tags for rescue. Yeah, right? they're quick, they're tough. Um, I mean, if you if uh, well, no, I was gonna say if you're the Maggie, you can pick up an extra civilian, but you can't. Um, no, because she's not. Uh, yeah, box. she's not. Yeah, not baggage. Yeah. Um. um they're they're well worth it. Ah, okay, right. So, the thing I was just just looking at, and I think I'm, I think it's okay, is you. Let's let's just say you've got climbing plus. Let's just say you're a sphinx, and you've you've grabbed a civilian, and you're like going vertically up 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 a building. I was just making yeah. sure that you can finish a move on a vertical surface. Um, because there is a rule here that says, looking at the rules here, it says, um, when the civivac is cancelled, the civilian must be left on a horizontal surface. Okay, it's just when it's cancelled. It doesn't mean yeah, that you which have means to... You, which means you just drop yeah. it on the ground. Well, no, I don't know if... Well, yes, okay, true, yeah, fair enough. I think, I think that what that's trying to avoid is you climbing plus up a wall then voluntarily cancel the civivac state is you cannot do that you can't voluntarily cancel the civivac state because then that would leave the civilian on an inaccessible surface to most things i think that's what it's getting at i don't i don't think it drops down maybe or unless you die the problem is if you get if you go unconscious on a on a wall that might be more harder to do but i, I just think that's there because it's to stop a player from being a dickhead yeah because if if you read the the rules of the heaven rts the dot point immediately prior to it is about canceling the um civvac state so i think it's both for the fact of where do i put the civilian if i get shot on a wall as well as if I cancel it, I can't like put him weirdly on this wall, like yeah. I'm, you know, like hanging him up to eat him later. Yeah, yeah, like 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 the predator. Um, like you're hiding it from a bear. You're just yeah. putting it up in the tree, squirreling it away. Um, yeah, yeah but that's a good point. Um, yeah. So, uh, what what else would you value? So you know, tags might be okay in this one because they're durable, I, they're I, fast. I, I think I think I think speed. And I think, um, as I was mentioning before, because um, we, we were talk talking about it um, in TAC, uh, could have solved a lot of my problems in that tournament with a Spetnaz parachutist. Anything with parachutist or um, yeah. uh, combat jump that can drop into that dead zone and potentially grab? I think combat jump is, is, is good. A parachutist I'd be wary of because it's very table dependent. Like you, you've got a four-inch... Oh, excuse me. You've got a four-inch strip to drop in on that could be completely in the open or it could be completely sealed off by a piece of terrain and you cannot 
you will not be able to walk on. I've had tables before where I've gone, hey, we're playing an exclusion zone. And on the table I'm playing on, both sides of my opponent's side are completely blocked off by pieces of terrain. And I can't, I simply cannot walk anything on. And my, you know, the TO has just gone, well, tough shit. Like you've taken the wrong list. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I guess. Fair I enough. Think, I think admittedly, Rescue for Ariadna does have them pushing, um, uh, finding uphill a little bit because their main advantage with like the forward deployment and mimetism. Um, sort of goes away, and because they don't have the robots or like the weird heavy infantry or anything, their fast units tend to either be impetuous, in the case of like the bear or the dog warrior, mm-hmm. or they tend to be um, peripherals, in the case of the other bear or the antipodes. So you're really relying on your bikes, which are kind of squishy. Yeah, they're squishy, but the, all your bears and stuff are just there to eat everything else. Now, on, on that, um, you know, we talked about mobility and things you might use to get the civilians. Also, it's really important in this mission is our defensive measures. So because the civilians are only four inches out of your deployment zone, um, hackers, very useful uh, because they will be in zone of control to spotlight or whatever if someone comes and gets them because they will have to break stealth in order to do the skill. So, you know, you've got repeaters, uh, you know, on the, on, on the midline or even outside of your deployment zone, they can just sit there and wait for something to come closer. Um, things like warbands, morlocks, tigers, TR bots are useful um, because they can potentially cover multiple civilians in one go. Um, one of the uh, neck who ran Rama on the weekend says he got a lot of value out of the baggage bot um, TR the rifle light shotgun oh, the combi rifle one yeah well oh. in, in hagazam it's the rifle light shotgun and he was like well it was perfect because he could just put it there it would be in good range it's armor two in cover mm. right so, so it's armor five in cover right it's got a rifle and it's got a light shotgun and it's just yeah, able to re- cover those cover those uh, cover those um, angles of attack a really mean one is the uh, combined army uh total reaction plasma rifle Yes, actually, I'm. Yeah, I was looking at that the other day, going, "That's really quite spicy." Um, so yeah, any of those kind of kind of units, I find when I played Shaz before, things like Tigers are really useful because they've got six cents. Um, although, arguably, not arguably, I think the rules are that he, they can't use six cents because they're not being targeted by an attack. But anyway, they've got high fizz, so they can dodge four inches. That will put them in a position where when you after they're also they're also a six point chain call that you can just slap up against the civilian with their impetuous orders and yeah, yeah they they're good to defend there yeah so very good very good at defending um so that close end so like you know you might be thinking about like long range arrows sniper rifles missile launchers that sort of thing but in this mission close close in support is really important too um like yeah like um, chain rifles repeaters flamethrowers. Gazzies with jammers. Anything with jammers, fuck, that's so good too, right? Because you just go, hey, I'm going to civil- you know, um, sink the civilian. Cool, I'm going to jam you. Uh, oh, Because if you just go ahead and grab the civilian and you get jammed, now you're stuck there. Uh, and if you reset, then you've got to try it again next time. So that's another really important thing to consider as well. Custom missions. 
Okay, let's move on. Let's go into custom missions. So let me, where are we? Stop the sharing. Okay, so I'm going to find custom missions. I did bring one up before. Uh, oh God. Here we are. Uh, where did it go? Oh, I'm so good at this. I'm so fucking good at this game. <laughs> Every time. Every time I try and get this thing to work, it just goes no. Oh, oh, okay. I see. Let's make this a new tab. All right, sorry, this is great radio. There we go. All right. Sensor field. Oh, oh. There we go. All right. Sensor field. Um... Okay, so this is the one of the one of the two custom missions for the weekend. I'm gonna try and get into a position where people can read it. Alright. This is a very unusual mission, and we will have a few things to say about it, I think. Um not all bad. Don't worry. Not all bad. Um No, I thought it was a good mission. Okay, I'm glad you did. Um <laughs> Okay, so this is a standard 12-inch deployment zone. No objectives or anything in the middle. But, at the so the mission objectives are, at the end of a turn, have only friendly multi-scanners in a zone of operations in the opponent's half of the table. One objective point. Each zone can only be scored once per game. I don't know if we should get into this now or after we've done the breakdown, but we'll just we'll just go through everything and we'll go back to this. At the end of each game round, have a multi-scanner in more zone of operations than your opponent. Two objective points. At the end of each game round, have a multi-scanner in the same number of um, areas as your opponent. One objective point. And then you have two classified objectives. So... Um, we'll talk about zone of operations first. So the, the the map is split into a similar something similar to frontline. Not not sorry, not frontline. Um, it's actually similar to rescue and quadrant control. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. So it's split into quadrants, but you don't include the four inches outside of your deployment zone. So if you imagine that it's an exclusion zone, and that exclusion zone is then quartered, so you've got one, two, three, four quadrants in that uh, sixteen inch by 48 inch rectangle. Those are your four zones of operations. And those are the four zones you gotta drop multi-scanners in. So how do you drop multi-scanners? Well, great question. You drop multi-scanners by spending a, an order. So you do a thing called place multi-scanner. And it says, only specialist troops can, deploy, can, can declare the skill. The skill cannot be declared as part of a coordinated order. And you can have to have have you have to have placed fewer than eight multi scanners um, throughout the game so far. So if you've done all those, you can pat you can roll a whip uh, you can roll a dice for a whip check to allow you to place a multi scanner token on the game table. Um, the trooper can and then you can place it like in silhouette contact or anywhere along your movement path in the usual way that you would place any other deployable. Although it's not. The place deployable skill, so it cannot be combined with any other. Um, it cannot be. It cannot be combined with mine layer, for example. Uh, 
The token must be fully supported on the surface it's placed on. And importantly, and this actually for Rob should probably be in bold and with like neon lights around it, and cannot be placed in a scenery item or building other than an objective room. Although I'm not quite sure why it says that because this mission has no objective room. But anyway, or on or on or touching any scenery item or building, and it will never gain a benefit from partial cover. Two very important points there. So these things are placed much in the same way as you would in HVT, in that they had to be placed on ground ground level, and they cannot benefit from partial cover. Um, the token is placed at the conclusion of the order, yada yada. Token is, the token is considered allied to the player who placed it and hostile to their opponents, and a multi-scanner has no line of fire and does not prevent cautious movement or a trooper from entering, re-entering marker state, which is just... He's added that in because some idiot asked it on the forums and it became an FEQ. That's why it's there. Because no one's ever suggesting that a multi-scanner would prevent you from entering marker state, but I'm glad it's there because I'm sure someone would ask it but wasn't. A multi-scanner that is, has been deployed on the battlefield will remain in play until the end of the game or until it is destroyed. So how do we, how do we destroy these things? Um, they are arm zero, BTS zero, two structure, silhouette one, and can be gizmo kitted on a fizz of nine. And they can also be repaired by an engineer. Uh, multi-scanners are immediately destroyed when their structure is reduced to zero. And a multi-scanner is inside a zone of operations when it's in contact with the zone or is at least partially within the zone. If the multi-scanner is inside two zones, then it's only counted as being inside the one it is like the majority is inside of, right? Are you following me so far, Jacob? <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Um, there is a specialist bonus in this mission. Chain of command or engineer, quite like this because... It's not hackers, basically. So engineers and com chain of command get plus three and two dice rolls to their web check, which is nice. And yeah, that's 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 pretty much it. Um, we'll go back to the main objectives because I want to touch on this first bullet point here at the end of a turn. Jacob, what's a turn? So the turn is when you would give play to your opponent. Okay. And that's different from a round? So a round is when the, uh, the oh, sorry, person who was going bigger. second finishes their turn. Okay. I just realized this has not been, I've not enlarged this fucking screen so if, this entire time. If you, take a look, if you take a look at the order of playing your N4 rule book, it does specify the difference between turns and, the, and rounds. So the turn is when you've done all of your orders and you either you pass play onto... Uh, you pass play onto your opponent, that's the end of your turn. A round is when both people have had their turns, right? And it goes back to the first player or the second player finishes their turn. However you yeah. want to do it. Yeah. I describe yeah. it, I should say. So oh yeah, am I back on? Yes I am. So yeah, this this is a this is a unique um objective in that it is scored at the end of a turn. Um mm. now the now, what I see as the reason for this is um, often players who go first have a the objective to just smash your opponent into dust. Having this objective here gives your opponent, or gives the person who's going first, the option to cross the midline, place a scanner in each zone, 
and immediately score two points that cannot be um, contested. Because because it says each zone can only be scored once per game. And once they're down there, at the end of your turn, you score it. And your opponent has no recourse to destroy them because it's not it's the end of the turn. Or end of uh, end of a turn, yeah. Um and this also means that if you go second, it's a bit harder because you because the person who goes first can also place a couple of scanners in their own zones. Which then means if you are going second and you go into the furthest away zone, not only do you have to um, place place one or two in the your opponent's half, you also have to destroy the one or two that your opponent's placed. So it kind of gives a little bit of um, options to a person who goes first, yeah. on, and, on rather than just killing. And I think I, I know it. My game, the fact that these things have two wounds. Oh, right. fuck. Is we'll a, get into that. Right, was a, was <laughs> we'll, a fucking nightmare. We'll fucking so get into what that. It, what it means is if you go first and you put down four scanners, more than likely the person who is going second has to kill the scanners that you put in his zone, more than likely, but then also has to kill the scanners in your zones. Mm-hmm to then get those two points that you've already got. And because they have two wounds, unless you're firing something with like DA or something like that, you're going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to probably put the entire burst into them, especially if you get like a burst three or something like that. Burst three, burst um, three is going like a to burst waste... combi rifle is, is going to be tricky if you're going to get it off or not. It's yeah. not guaranteed and in one order. It's going to be like even a multi rifle, which is generally a good weapon against people, is garbage against this because you can't shock it because it's. Mm-hmm. I suppose technically you can shock it. It's not shock immune. Oh, okay, um, yeah, that's a good point, Rob. If you're listening, make them shock immune. Thank you. Uh, no, don't make them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, assuming that like AP doesn't work, like breaker doesn't matter. Like half of the ammos don't matter. Like well, like, I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter because they're arm zero, BTS zero, and can't take cover. Yeah, so, that's what I'm saying. Is yeah. nothing matters except for like DR explosive, but DA it's take up your entire burst. So more than likely, T two, you can do that if you put four things down. You score two points, and you can almost guarantee that either your opponent's going to be down points, or you are going, or, or you are going to waste four orders of theirs. Mm. Yeah, it. There's, I what I like about this mission. Um, we did mention there are two classes of objectives as well, right? So what I like about this mission is is there is this again, this like this push and pull of shit. Do I attack my opponent or do I just place multi scanners? And then the second player is like, shit. Do I do I attack my opponent? Do I place multi scanners or do I try to destroy their multi scanners? And how much of those can I do effectively in one turn? Which is also the thing I like least about this mission in that it does give you those options. And sometimes your only option is just to place more scanners. And we found this out on the weekend. I, Callum and I had a game. And I finished the game with 295 points left on the table. Because all we did, all game, was just place multi-scanners. And Wait, does, nothing Does that else. mean the only thing he killed was a mutt? He killed Batard. <laughs> Oh, he killed Batard. Um, because 
his prerogative was just to place multi scanners, and so was mine. I mean, I I killed more than I killed more of his stuff, but it was one of those games where it just it was just a bit it was just a bit of a boring match. Normally, I like matches which are like less about killing, but this felt very. And it was also the table that that made it a problem, which I'll get into this uh, a slight a bit of a gripe I have about this mission, because you have to place everything on the on the ground floor. It becomes very dependent on the table. <laughs> so the table that we played on on the weekend had this big old building. I think it's Tristan's table. So shout out to Tristan. That took up like a large part of the center of the table. Oh, is it was that that's a, a brutal cities one, isn't it? No, it's the okay. it's the um I don't know, like uh I I can't habitat buildings like you know like the little low uh, yeah, habitat gotcha, things gotcha. the blue and white yeah. ones because there was like a whole bunch of those buildings all pushed together in the middle it created this like square or rectangle of like you can't place a multi scanner here and it was also angled in a kind of diamond shape which meant that your only places you could put them in your opponents half the table meant that you had to kind of come like at a diamond you know like out to the edges of the diamond which was also conveniently where my link team and his tag were placed in the middle. So we were just watching the sides from each angle and we were just like, ah, oh, fuck, okay, I guess I throw smoke, I put, I move up, I put a, a thing in your half, but now I'm, in, now I'm exposed and I have to spend my remaining orders to just pull all the way back to my DZ and now it's your turn. And that was kind of what happened throughout the entire game. Now that is more table dependent than the actual mission, and it's not I'm not mm. necessarily seeing it as a criticism. But had we been able to put them on the buildings, it would have made for a much more dynamic and fun mission. Um, yeah, and yeah. I I th- I, th- I think like, if you take if you take a look at like the size of the the silhouette, oh of the yeah, scanners, yeah, they're they're S one. I, Which oh. I, I, know, I know you mentioned was something of a surprise to you because you thought they were S zero like a mine. I did, yes. Well, uh, well yes, so, that's 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 true. And I think I think the reason why he's put that rule there is so that you can't put them in like a like a like I mean it doesn't really matter because you can already put them in really weird spots, but you can't put them in a super weird spot and have them S two uh, sorry S one behind a parapet. You can never see it unless you go all the way around. If Rob wanted to fix that, just make the S2. Well, I don't think he did make the S2 because most of the time S1 is still taller than the majority of parapets out there. I mean, I've seen plenty of. I, it's it's neither here nor it's neither here nor there. Sometimes, well, sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. It just depends. Yeah, I I, I think that's the problem with the mission. It's good and it's also bad because oh, but mm. also shout shout out to um, our local Millie. She made um she three she three D printed me eight um S one um tokens that I was able to use on the weekend to put down and actually physically okay. have the have the correct volume for the multi scanners because a lot of people are just putting down the flat discs, right? Because you know they don't have S one tokens handy. And that makes it a lot harder to visualize where the fuck it is and where if whether or not you can see it, right? So having the S1 was really useful because it actually gives you a visualization of like, can I see that thing? Can I shoot it? Yes, right. I'll shoot it. Um, So 
that's I guess another point about this mission, which is again, I'm not going to say it's a criticism. It's just something that is um, people need to be very aware of. So we've already got a mission that has a, a scoring mechanic that is unique to any other mission in the game, and the, the end of turn scoring. We have multi-scanners, which do not obey the laws of deployables in any way at all, in that they are S1, where I think every other deployable is S0, except for, sure, like Crazy Qualas are S1, um, Mad Traps are S1, uh, but these are S1. Um, they also cannot take cover, like every other thing in the game. And on top of that, they also have to be placed as if they are an HVT. Now, I noted on the weekend, after after we finished the, the the tournament, I was asking everyone, you know, what they thought of the day. Did they like the missions? Didn't they like the missions? Now, I think I would say most people said that they enjoyed uh, Field, But a lot of them then sort of were like unsure if they enjoyed it or not once I reminded them about the rules of the mission because the majority of people got it wrong. They either thought that they were S0, thought that they could be placed anywhere, thought that they could be they could take cover, and didn't understand how the end of turn scoring thing worked. Now, now I'm not saying they did all those four things at the same time, but every player I spoke to got at least one of those four points wrong. Mm-hmm. Now, that's also the first time they played the mission, right? So in some sometimes it's the first time they played the mission. So it, that's totally forgivable. Everyone gets missions wrong. But I just wonder, introducing so many unique changes to the game in one mission means that you're gonna get them you're gonna get things wrong. Um yeah. yeah. It's it's the same as um cryogenics. It's the growing pains yes. of a new mission. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where so, people but, start to sort of figure out what it means and come to a consensus on how to do things. Yeah. And I, and, I, and again I'm not saying it's a criticism a criticism of it. I'm just saying it's it's a it's a thing that has caught me out and it's caught a few and actually, I played the mission like completely correct, um, but the table fucked us. Me, and my opponent, and I didn't have as good a game yeah. as think, I think we could have done had we been able to place them on a, on rooftops, right? Because I mean, the fact that they can't, the, the now, fact the... that sorry, the, the fact that they can't claim cover, and the fact that they were they were taller than most of the things on the map would have meant that had we placed them on a rooftop, it wouldn't actually have mattered and it probably would have made for a more interesting game. But conversely, had we played that game on my Brutal Cities table that has like nine inch tall buildings, then arguably maybe that wouldn't have been such a good game. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of... Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, Um, Just scroll down to it for a a second. Okay. Um. I would I, I would actually ask Rob um, whether the multi scanners are a piece of equipment because I was just ta- I was just I was just taking a look because I remember this only it's only ever happened to me once. Do you remember minesweepers? Yeah. Well, they they still exist in the game, but they're called deactivators now. Oh right, so if you can deactivate them. Well, I don't know. It, it it's only for a deployable or a piece of equipment. Okay, Rob. Can so you like, de- if, can you use deactivator to effectively remove them from the game? That's actually kind of um, interesting. That would make deactivator really interesting, and it would actually mesh really well with 
this season because what do mm. all the forward deployer repeater bots have? Deactivators. Oh, you could just deactivate them within eight inches. All you need to do is roll the hit and they are turned off. You ignore, you bypass the two structure. They've got no armor anyway, but you bypass the two. Oh, that's actually pretty interesting. Yeah, that would be a good, like, it's not like a brilliant way of getting rid of them. Like, it's no better than just shooting it with a combo rifle. But on models that have deactivated, it becomes like an interesting option. Mm. Mm. Okay, no, I like that one. Um, well, anyway, the, we, main, we, we, the main we, thing the main thing is it doesn't give the your opponent the chance to do what happened with me, where I put two chain rifles onto them and they mm-hmm. pass both the armor saves. Yeah, yeah, that that's it. Yeah, there's no armor saves against it. Um, we'll have to move on, but we what, what we will do and we haven't really done yet is like, what do you value in a mission like this, and and what do you yeah, like how would you sort of attack and defend into this mission? Um, templates are good. Um, I like I know I just mentioned that I got like orders sucked up by invincible multi scanners, but the templates are good. They they will mean that you don't have to like try and hit and then you whiff on um the hit rolls and you only mm-hmm. hit them once, so you you can't do enough wounds. Yep. So anything with like a burst two template, um, quick engineers or engineers that you're going to move. So like the hoplite engineer, right? Who's going to do Fiddler a lot of fighting is really good for this one. Yep. Uh, the uh, not, on, not only not only because the fiddler because she's an engineer, but her jackbots are incredibly good at getting rid of those things. Because burst yeah. two, burst two continuous damage will just clear those things out. Ooh, yeah, real nice. Yeah. Um, but the good thing about this mission is I would say I'd probably value, uh, some of those specialist operative profiles because often you find that they are more on the fighty end. Okay. Um, and if they've got enough wit, you're probably going to be able to use them to do this mission and do the fighting and get rid of, um, objectives. Gunfighting specialists, things that can... Um, get up the table, gunfight, yeah. place a thing. So, a, a, a good example of that, um, that's a little bit more uh, uh, left field is um, Thrasimedes, I think his name is the okay. uh, th- the Thrakatai um, sergeant that's not Alki. Oh, right. I, yeah, he's I got, don't know. He's got, a, he's got an SMG light rocket launcher, right? Um, and ODD, he's got three armor, so he's pretty tough, but he's also a specialist operative. So he's giving you everything that you need to do this mission. Mm, okay. Yeah, I see that. Uh, the other thing, the other thing is, especially if you're going first, infiltrating specialist. Yeah, I think infiltrating specialist very important in this mission because you are already in the zone. You may only have to spend a single order to get into your opponent's half of the table and place a multi scanner, which is huge. Um, yeah. I'm building a shaz list right now for this event in in case I don't get my rama painted, and I'm looking at. Um, Caliban Chain of Command and Caliban Engineer. Now they've only got yeah, four deployment both. plus eight. They're not at the halfway line, but they are up the table, and they both get yeah. bonuses. So they're both two dice and sixteens. I'm like, oh wow, that's that's really good. Very good. Both are very good fighters up yeah. close. Yeah. So both of those things like that. Um, I'm thinking in Rama. I was running the Namur right. So again, very very mobile, decent whip. Yeah. Good at, um, 
Yeah, oh, like, actually, well, Armandinos are freaking good in this one because Impetuous, Whip 13, so the 2016s placing a multi scanner, yeah. just like. Should, just boop, should boop, point boop, out boop, you, boop. Can't, you can't put this thing down as part of the Impetuous order, but you know, whatever. That's true. You can't do it as part of Impetuous. That's a good point. Yep. Um, those sorts of things. Uh, what else? Um, you, I feel like you want to be putting the emphasis on placing them than destroying them, because what? Because it doesn't matter how many your how many your opponent. It doesn't matter how many your opponent has placed in a single zone. You just have to place more in zones. Like, sir, well, you have it, to place. It, you have it, to have more ma- zones. It matters for the end of turn one. It matters then a turn one, but if you're just looking at who wins the round, if if you've got like four in one zone and one in the other, and then one in my zone or whatever, and I have placed four, one in each zone, you then win. I get two points for having more. Um, yeah. I don't have to. I don't, it does matter. You're right for the end of turn scoring, um, but I think that is once the game gets going, I feel like that's less relevant. I, th- I think the best thing to do in this and also harder to do is, is put a sensor in each of the quadrants and then play reactively. So if your opponent, you know, it, so you, you know, if you're going first, you get all four quadrants controlled, right? Your um, opponent who's going second um, has the uphill battle. Um, you. Mm. Right, you then go, okay, he killed one in that quadrant. I'll go put two in that quadrant. And then, oh, he killed one in that quadrant. I'll put two in that quadrant. Just react to what your opponent's doing if you're going first. Um, well, if you're going just... first, it kind of, it's kind of irrelevant, though, because... Oh, excuse me. Because, like, it's... I, I was going to say this mission is, is... It does seem to favor going second. Um, more than... Okay, sure, you get that bonus going first. You get to place things in your opponent's side. I think after that point, all but going second maybe because you just have to go oh you've got one there cool i'll put one there now you don't get now now none of us get that zone i just have to find where you haven't put one and if you put one somewhere and everywhere then i'll just have to kill that one get there i now get two points um i think there is a real advantage in going second in this one and because and because it doesn't lend itself to alpha striking because if you alpha strike and you fail, then you may be in a bad time um, because you've got all these other things you want to do. And I think I'll also um, disincentivizes going first. Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, otherwise, I think I like it. I didn't have a great time of it on the weekend. Um, and I've only played it once before in which where I played it wrong. So I don't have a great, you know, um, basis for this mission. I'm looking forward to playing it in CanCon. Uh, not CanCon. <laughs> Anzac Cup in Canberra, uh, but um, and I'm looking forward to seeing you know how people play it. Um, but yeah, it's um, it is an interesting mission, and I can see what the author is trying to do with this mission. You know, emphasizing doing other things and killing people on turn one, or sorry, first turn, um, going 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 first. Uh, there's a lot of other things you can be doing in this mission than just killing, and it does seem to be like if you just kill things, but don't kill the, don't kill or place your own multi scanners, then you lose. Like there's really no two ways about it. If you're if you're only if you're only hell bent on killing, you're gonna lose, um, unless you absolutely 
smash your opponent's specialist on turn one. Like that's the only way. Um, but I don't think you know your your opponent will generally have you know options um, to get around that. So uh, okay, that mission is done. We will look at another mission, which is called. Let's see if I can spell it. Oh, oh, no. Kylie Hassified. Kylie. Oh, God. Kylie Hats. Ah, oh, fuck. No, oh, it's not coming up. Hang on. Here we go. I'll go into here. It's in here. Don't look at my weird things I've been doing in this. Where is it? Oh, it's not here. God damn it. I am such an idiot. All right. Uh, while we talk about the last mission, <laughs> I'll try to find it. I don't know why it's not there. Uh, it'll be in our show notes, won't it? That's why I'll get in the show notes. There we go. All right. There we go. Okay. So this mission is a take on highly classified and it is I think a better version of highly classified if I'm, if I'm honest and it's better oh god sorry I'm trying to figure out what's going on here with the screen uh, here we go right and it is better because you get to choose your classifieds right have you played this? Have you played this mission yet? No, I've been I've been meaning to. Um, just haven't had a chance with uh, Thunder over Helheim coming out. Um, but maybe I'll get a chance uh, this week. Yeah, I thought about including it in the mission lineup on the weekend, but I really wanted to try my Secure the Admiral custom mission, which um, I've been working on, and I was really excited about. It. And by all accounts, people seem to enjoy it, uh, which I guess we might, you know do an episode on that one at some point but this one so it is a semi-original mission by um inane imp otherwise known as rob um uh, rob wright not rob cantrell just in case you're wondering um with apologies to with apologies to corvus billy and william archibald spinner right <laughs> so mission objectives mr yep. jacob you go ahead so, uh, it's very similar to highly classified at the end of the game have accomplished more main classified objectives then the adversary at the end of the game have completed the same number of main classified objectives, and then one point for each um, uh, accomplished main accomplished main classified objectives. You then get uh, one point for every secondary classified objectives, um, of which you have. Oh, sorry, which is worth you only have one, but it is worth three points. Three points, yeah. Sorry, I was. I thought it was three each worth a point. Yeah. So. Big difference between this and normal highly classified. With normally highly classified, you each sort of draw two uh, randomly like you normally would. Mm-hmm. Right, and this one, after you do um, the initiative roll, you and make a decision of whether you're keeping initiative or deployment or what have you. You look at your deck freely and you pick out um, two classifieds that you want to do. Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, isn't there a rule for if you get doubles? No, so that's changed. So the original version of the of this mission worked in the same way, but if you picked a if you 
basically it's changed now where now the roll now the draw is done after initiative roll which is different from how classifieds are normally chosen normally you choose them first then you choose your list then you roll initiative this mission is this mission is you choose your list you roll initiative then you roll then you choose your classifieds and the reason for that is to um is the reason for that is so that people are incentivized to take some of the end of game scoring objectives if you're going second so like capture rescue <clears throat> those kinds of ones that's why it's there but it it also means that like i suppose i mean there is some fun in the random randomness of classifieds but in this particular case um in this in this particular case it's like you still have onus on what classifieds you want to do at least two of them um yeah to the point where you can sort of design your list around completing those objectives that's right yeah you can so you can we, do that we, we were talking about more of the, the bakuna before you probably would take uh i think follow-up as the one that can be done by medium infantry yes so you'd be like, okay, I can take follow-up. All my dudes of medium infantry makes it a lot easier for me to complete. Um, what I was talking about before was it used to it used to be if you picked up doubles, that objective was worth, you would get rid of one, but that objective would be worth two. Yeah, so the, the, order, the order has changed a little bit where if you, you would, whereas before you would both draw two and then you would reveal them. And if, and if two of them, were the same then that would become the red deck classified whereas they've changed this now and now you just go players choose classifieds by freely freely selecting them from their classified deck the player who won the initiative role chooses who will select first and players will then select classifieds one at a time in succession until four different main classifieds have been selected they must be different so what this allows you to do is build a list with four classifieds in mind Right, because what will happen is like, let's just say um, I'm building my list, and I'm like, all right, okay, well, I'll take the, I'll take Extreme Prejudice, I'll take uh, Data Scan, I'll take uh, Net Undermine and Sabotage. Right, those are the four that I've got in mind. That's how I've built my list. If my opponent plays Sabotage, then cool, I've still got three others that I can choose from. Um. But then there is a bit of counterplay in this mission, which I quite like, because if I go up against, I don't know, Nomads, for example, and I'm like expecting hacking heavy, then maybe I will change my mind and I will not take data scan. Maybe I'll go for, um, I don't know, paramedic, like the HVT paramedic one, because I'm playing Hack Islam and I've got a gazillion doctors. So there's a little bit of that going on in this mission, which is really fun and interesting and kind of makes you think on your feet a little bit about like, oh, ooh, oh, I was going to go for this mission, but you've chosen it because you're running X army. And maybe you're playing Ariadna, right? You know, like, oh, you got fuck all hackers. So I'll play two hacking classifieds yeah, just to make your life like, harder. If, you, if you're, if, you know, if you're say uh, MO versus Steel Phalanx, Right. One of the players might be like, okay, maybe I don't want to do Predator because I could play into their hands. Yeah, or the um, or the or heavy infantry course. one, maybe. maybe. Maybe you want to make it harder for them. You know, like, oh, they've got heavy infantry. Maybe I want to make sure that one of my models 
that's sort of one of my cards isn't isn't one that they can do um the one with the msv or sensor you might be like oh well they've got a sensor bot because they've got you know sorry they've got a sensor bot so maybe i won't take that obviously you don't know what's in their list until after you've chosen them but you can make assumptions based on their army which then means yeah. you can also then throw people off by thinking hey i've taken Haggislam. And then they'll be like, oh, they might have doctors. And then you go, haha, I've taken no doctors. Fuck you. You know, like they'll like, they'll, they'll kind of, there's this little bit of, yeah, counterplay, which is quite fun. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a nice little mix up of it. So secondary how, how, classifieds. Oh, yes, secondary uh, classifieds. Yes. So they, 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 as usual. they still work the same as, as how they always have, which is secretly, which, sorry, like randomly done. Um, which is nice because it offsets the known four classifieds, like, and also is a good reason why this classifies worth three points because it is randomly generated. It has to be different from the four main classifieds, so there is a little bit of limitation there. But it's it's good because it's secret and it's worth three points, and it still then incentivizes you to have somewhat of a generalist list that can. Uh, attempt to do any classified because you know you lean your list really heavily into hacking for example and then you get the engineering classified as your random one or like you know obviously there's two classifieds you draw but let's just say one of them is one you've already played that's in the mid that's in the middle and the other one's like hvt retro engineering and you've got no engineers on your table you're like ah oh, shit i've locked myself out of three points so it's still a good idea to make sure that you have as many bases covered, but you don't have to, it's not like completely, it's not like a, a mandatory, it's not like a, like a fail, like a, what's the word, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like a, it's, it's, I guess it's not mandatory that you have to. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, in the scenario, the option of secure HVT is only allowed to replace a secondary classified. Oh, actually, okay, so that's a good point. Yeah. So even if you do get HVT retro engineering, you can always do secure the HVT. So that's that's good yeah. to know. And that's that, that's just um, highly classified rules. It is highly classified rules. Now, what I was just thinking about here before is uh, this this isn't countermeasures, right? So. HVT will not disappear when you do an HVT classified on it. No. So there's nothing stopping you from just making your two cl open classifieds, um, two of them that work off the HVT. You know, you you, you could but you could base your um you could base your list around like Zoe, who's a yeah. hacker engineer, who can walk up retro engineer and then data scan the uh, HVT. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, a, that's, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. And then just like yeah, I'm done. Um, make her make her the master breacher because uh, there's there's nothing special about the master breacher in this mission. Like it's not like um, cryogenic uh, cryogenics where yeah. you uh, need to capture like need to threaten or dominate a zone. They're just a master breacher. They get an extra inch. If you've got one of those dual specialist profiles, uh, you know, set, send them out to do something. They're just a little bit quicker. Yeah, and and you know, they, yeah, they get the decharges, and they also get it's no gravity zone again, so the plus one inch bonus applies, which is really useful. Um, mm. yeah, so yeah, if you have, yeah, like say Zoe, yeah, she's now moving five four, and she's got the decharges, which I think she's got anyway, actually, because she's an engineer. But yes, um, that's a good point. And uh, no gravity zone, 
um, in this one. And I think that was all of the special rules. So yeah, this mission is probably my favorite of the four. Um, I like highly classified enemy. Uh, maybe it's because I'm a hack player and I just like can do all the things very well. But I like the ability. I like the counterplay here in picking your missions and how you can maybe even get inside your own head a little bit, you know, because you'd be like, oh, but what's what's everyone else going to be taking? Are they all going to be taking extreme prejudice or should I should I go? Should I just take capture to make, you know, to like kind of throw people off? Yeah, it's. It's probably one of like for a custom mission, it's very, it's very infinity. Um, the fact that you've got that counterplay, it feel it almost feels like an ARO mechanic in selecting the um, classifieds. Well, I, um, I think it, yeah, it's it's a small it's a small ish change that, it's, like it, it honestly, it's a it's a small change that just changes the entire game. I think there's um, not. Like the only other mission that springs to mind that has this level of counterplay is countermeasures, because it has you know yeah, you, because you can like burn selecting. because you can yeah. burn you can burn a card which I yeah. really enjoy and this gives you a kind of similar ability and there are no other missions I think that do that. Um, obviously, there's like there is Intel Calm and all that sort of jazz, but it's not doesn't really factor in that much. This 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 is this is quite important. Yeah. Um, well, like, like Intel comes, like Intel comes a personal decision, right? The selection of your classifieds here is a, well, it can be a personal decision, but it can be a decision of against your opponent. Yeah, yeah, and like, um, yeah, like, like, like you were saying, you know, if you're playing Ariadna and you've got even a semblance of hacking, you just go, I'm just going to put a hacking objective there. If you've got tons of hacking, I'm going to put two. Um, and there's nothing really the um, Ariadna player can do. Um, but conversely, the Ariadna player can go, he's got no CC ability, bam, Predator, bam, um, Extreme Predators. Yeah. Something else just came to mind there is is if someone does reveal an HVT, I mean, and I guess this will happen in normal games of highly classified, actually, so it doesn't really make a difference. But if they have leaned into HVT classifieds and they're going second, for example, then you just, or it doesn't matter which, which, which order they go in. You actually, grab the HVT and run. You just make the HVT and put it in the most dickhead of a position you can and make sure you've got all of your guns covering it so that they have the hardest time possible getting those objectives <laughs> covered. You can grab the HVT, can't you? Yeah, I can't remember. Sometimes you, sometimes it says you can't. Sometimes it says you can. I feel like you I mean, can't you in can. this one, but yeah. Um, Jordan on the chat does, um, says that he played this mission and he ran a Razjat, who is a veteran troop, who also have D charges, and he chose Net Undermine and Sabotage for his two oh. classifieds, and basically yep, got them done. Go. Got them done in two orders. You know, walked on, walked on the table. Net undermine, whip check, decharge check, tip whip check, done. But those are also two quite easy objectives for your opponent to do, potentially, depending on you know what your opponent's bringing and what they have. But like you know, veterans aren't exactly hard to come by, um, and decharges are on lots of different models. Well, the, the main thing is got here is the um, the parachutist deployment zone, because net undermines the one of do a whip check or whatever 
on a piece of scenery wholly within their deployment no, zone. No, net undermine is do a whip check in your opponent's half of the table. You're thinking of map uh, mapping is the one where you have to do it inside your opponent's deployment zone, which oh, which which, which actually admittingly would have been actually no because you have to be a hacker or a forward observer I think to do mapping. Is, is that the one? Oh, fuck yeah, it. net yeah. under net undermine is the one I do my do with my speculo all the time because they're already in your opponent's half of the table and they're a veteran and they just go or elite yeah. or whatever they are they just go like whip check whip fourteen done, um easy, um. Yeah, so this mission is great. I really like it. Um, so we'll just go back to the beginning. Uh, I'll take this off. Of, have you got anything else you want to see on this mission? No. Nope, cool. All right, we'll get rid of that. Okay, so this lineup. Um, what do you think the four missions and what um, army or composition are you sort of thinking is... What you'd be looking to build for this lineup? Oh, you've gone quiet. Feel, oh, I, there you are. No, no, no I'm, I'm thinking. Okay. Um, making sure my words count. I feel like it's almost you would you would you would make it you would make a list for for frontline sensor field and risks. No. Probably you do frontline and sensor field and then. Carly uh, has to fight and rescue. I feel like you just make one less for rescue and another less for the other three. That's true too. Because um, rescue is the I, only only mission without a with an exclusion zone. It's also the yeah. only mission that doesn't really care about classifieds or specialist troops. Um, so you can just go these three, and then the other one, and that's you're probably fine there. Um, yeah, fair. The only, the only thing I've been thinking of building lists for this mission is because you get the bonus on engineer and chain of command for sensor field, then it makes me go, well, I should probably make sure that I'm including those on my highly classified list lineup to make so. Therefore, I'm sort of feeling like I'm building a list. That has those. That then means that I need to look at the classifieds that I can use. So I'm looking at sabotage. I'm looking at like net undermine, retro engineering, and it depends on my list. I'm like, oh, but now I'm kind of like skewing my list in that direction. But then there's yeah. frontline, which has got four classifieds. It doesn't care about which ones you, you know, what your army is. You yeah. you get what you you get what you you're given. So there's a nice little bit of like. Um, conflict there i, I guess I, I think with sensor field and every single specialist getting the multi-scanners if you are like if you are a high whip army nomads alif huck islam worrying too much about the engineer um and uh oh, mate, command it makes a fucking bonus, difference i'll tell you that one dice one it's dice a, it's no a, mate no no it does one dice on a 14 is not as good as two dice on 17s and someone who well, played no, as someone who played on the weekend and literally couldn't roll to place a scanner on a 14, I wish I had two dice and 17. <laughs> like, I really like, it's very important that you get that dice go down. That, that go I, down. Look, I, 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 I'll admit that I have been blessed and not had to deal with that situation too much. Okay. I, I get it. Um, I think, I think, I think if you've got a good engineer or an easy way of putting an engineer into your list, 
um, or vice versa, if you've got an easy way of putting um, chain of command. Uh, chain of command. So yeah. the one thing, the one that really pops to mind for me is um, Taishan, who's a oh, forward okay. observer and a um, chain of command. Chain of command. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as a character, so she's veteran. So as far as when you get to Kali Hassified, um, she's going to be really good for that. So I suppose if yeah. I was going to say anything in particular is take a look at those profiles that can do multiple of yes. the um, do multiple of those um, classified objectives. So you know Taishan. Um, we just said it before, Zoe and Pywell. Zoe and Pywell are perfect because you can engineer hacker and a forward observer all I mean, in one model. I'm also sure about her, though, only because I'm not sure that she's going to be the one placing your... No, sorry. She. I guess she will be... Uh, yeah, I guess so. No, I mean, like, she's good. Don't get me wrong. I just think that you're also looking for fast specialist oh i guess pywell is a fast specialist so yeah it's okay yeah no i, I look I'm, I'm using it as an example i'm not yeah. saying take her particularly yeah yeah but, um, I, I but any know. any of those ones that can double up um even uh even uh pandora in mm. steel phalanx who has the med kit med kit plus one burst and is a hacker if i remember correctly yes she is yes right any profiles like that Try and take. Does Hakka Islam have something like that? Uh, like sort of a double. I mean, I think you've got a lot of specialists. Heaps some heaps, heaps and heaps and heaps with like D charges as well. And that's another thing. Profiles with random D charges because a good fallback if you can't think of a the, another classified yeah, is sabotage. Sabotage. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Right. Yes, it's easy for both of you to do, but you know, if you get enough D charges here and there. You well, that's why in my list I took on the weekend is running Rama. So I had um, Carmen and Batard who are who have sensor or Batard a sensor, and then I had a Rafik Red Fury that also has sensor. So mm. sensor is quite useful in that lineup because, well, not so much rescue, but the other three missions because you are able to uh, to do the identity well, check. You can do the identity. You can do. I think you can do a couple of classifies of a sensor. Um, you can also reveal your opponent's camo in the midfield on turn one before they start placing their sensors, right? You just go reveal them and then send something in to kill it, either Beast Hunter or whatever you've got. And then thirdly, they're off they're specialists, so they can place sensors themselves. And they've got forward observers, so they can do data scan. So they themselves are compact. Well, sorry, not, not Batard, but like Carmen's a veteran, so she can do net undermine and stuff. So they all have multiple rules that they can they can act on but also they've got like attacking rules as well so they can reveal camo they can attack camo they can place scanners and they can um do classifieds so they do all those things um for not very much not very many points yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm quite quite digging digging those quite a lot yeah so what do you think of putting a custom mission into a tournament. I mean, I know that Anzac Cuff helps a bit more of a, yeah. uh, a fun sort of thing, but if you saw, you know, Interplanetario had a competition and they picked the best, you know, most voted mission and they used that for Interplanetario, um, do we think it's a good idea to see more of it? Um, yeah, so I think yeah, it's good, 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 good time to move on, on to, sort of, yeah, 
custom missions in general. I love custom custom missions in Infinity. I have seen them around, you know, in CB, and and people will make little missions, and they'll be fun little things to do. Um, but I've really enjoyed the community approach to custom missions. And I think it speaks to the community a lot in that they we are trying very hard not to make like dumb, weird missions. Like we know like they are weird missions sometimes and they are a bit funny and stuff, but they are all with the intention of making the game better. Like every mission I've read so far has been like, this is what I think could improve the game. And this is my attempt at doing that. And I read them and I'm like, I can immediately see what you're trying to do to improve the experience of players in the game and to make them enjoy the game more. So from that point of view, I, I want to see more because the more custom missions that come out, the more CB look at them and go, oh, that's a good idea. Because, you know, CB have for the last, what, three or four years been including them into ITS, Cryogenics, Panic Room. Um, was Frostbite one? I can't remember if Frostbite one was one. But there's been, yeah. they've been, they've been, a Mind Wipe is the other one, right? And they haven't all been like super popular necessarily. Countermeasures, countermeasures, right? How like fucking um, who was it who made countermeasures again? He was an Australian uh, up north. Uh, God, um, don't don't I'm so sorry, I've forgotten. Someone tell me in the chat. But that was a like a teutonic. Like that was a huge shift in the game. Like that, like that one mission just created such a, a ripple effect in the community of how a mission is built and how it's played and in mm. so much that i think it's actually had an effect on every other mission that's been added to the game since so i think they're great um and i haven't seen an abuse of power i guess in custom missions so far you know like i, I haven't seen someone just be like here's my idea for custom mission that really favors Toha or whatever. Yeah. You know, like no one's done that yet. No, everyone's been like, we want to make the game more yeah. fun, more enjoyable. This is my idea. And people are generally yeah, very I, receptive of it, of it. I think custom missions feeds into um, the fact that people appreciate the fact that Infinity is balanced. And so when it comes to making missions, they want to try and make them balanced. Mm -hmm. um, and for the most part, they get it right. I mean, the the custom missions that we played um, uh, on the weekend and the missions here, especially Kylie ha Kylie Hassified. I uh, know. Actually, are... that's one. That's that's one thing I have to say about this that mission. Change the fucking name. <laughs> Make it pronounceable, please. But I just call it, is, it, sli it is... slyly Hassified now because I don't yeah, know what else. But to call it, it is. But they are very balanced. I mean. It's some other ones like Mind Wipe, I think, favored like hacking ish armies more. It was something that, um, like in Ariadna, you couldn't really have a Uber hacker because the only one you had was a war driver and it didn't fit, it, like the war driver just doesn't fit into Ariadna. Yeah, um, my, the, Mind Wipe is one of my less, lesser favorite custom missions, yeah. honestly. I, I didn't really enjoy it that much, but I can see um, what they're trying to do with it, which is good. Like, yeah, you know the the, yeah. the mechanical I, I, changes. I think that's I think that's the best way. And we again we see it in Kylie Hassified. We see it in Mindwipe, where it is a twist on the missions that we we love, but have mm -hmm. gotten bored of playing over and over again. So, 
That's a good um, point. Mind wipe is a mash of uh, unmasking and looting and sabotage. Um, Kai classified obviously is a very small change that makes a very big difference to highly classified. Mm -hmm. um, frostbite was a, I think it was a bit of a change. To, it was a like a combination of biotech, vor, and frontline. Something like that. Yeah. 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 Like. Like um, I, even the, yeah yeah I think um what you were saying about there about the people being bored about it right so bored of the missions I think that's been a a, a running trend for the last little while is mm. people like people don't dislike supplies right or supremacy or frontline right we we all love those missions or we like them we play them right they're good missions. But it does feel like there's, for the last few years, we've had 19 missions that are the same or more or less the same as they have been for the last, I think I got into this game in season eight. So it's six years. The same yeah. fucking missions. And then every year they'll be like, here's one mission that's different. And everyone's like, yeah. yay. But they're like, it's one mission. What's going on? Yeah. So, so like, I, I, so I think people are just kind of like breaking out into this creativity space and going like, "What if we just turn this mission upside down? Does it work?" And like that, that kind of playfulness and creativity that's going on in the community right now, the last couple of years, has been really, um, really interesting to see. Like the 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 drive from players to want to have missions that are different or that play like a warhammer mission or play like a malifaux mission or play like a whatever mission um yeah and it's really cool and they're all they're always going to have like you're always going to have your um you know your stock standard on my firefight frontline whatever mm -hmm. um but there are there are other things where like i'm missing uh an old mission i think it was called antenna field Oh yeah, that's from like way back. Where it was like the objectives were like four inch wide hackers or like eight inch wide hackers. Oh god, uh, transmission sorry, trans transmission matrix. Yes, transmission matrix. That's exactly yeah. what it was. Oh, um, Boop. so Hello. like there there has been plenty of creativity on CB's part, um, and I think they I think they probably need to take the chance again. What's up? Um, no, sorry, my 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 uh, microphone just went. Just went up for no reason. I was just uh. adjusting the screen because it's gone all funny. Um, yeah, I I think there is. Um, what was I going to say on it? There was something I was going to say. Yeah. So, custom missions seem to have really come to the fore in the last three years because of the pandemic. Um, not because of the pandemic, because people went onto TTS, and TTS was just like a big sandbox, right, for people to experiment with, like table design, list design, tournament design everything and people were like let's make a mission where everything is lava and you're like does it work no let's make a mission where you can only have one of each model like the highlander series like they're doing all these weird and wonderful things that makes people go hang on this this works actually let's try a mission with it and then they play it and then it goes out to the wider community and everyone's like yeah this is fun this is good and it's actually strangely balanced you know like they're not like hey this is fun for a laugh it's like actually this is actually a fun way to play um, now, obviously, countermeasures came out. Countermeasures came out before that, and I think countermeasures was a mission based off a forty k mission. I, look, I don't know if it was based off of it, but very similar to um, the way that uh, the forty k something war where like a forty yeah, you would draw cards. Yeah, you draw cards, right? And and it, and like I say, it, it introduced a mechanic to the game that was like 
missing before this counterplay, mm. right? There was that didn't never existed before, and that was and I think people really enjoyed that. You know, then we had Mind Wipe, where hey, there's two buttons, but when you push one, you can't push it again. You have to push the other. Another new mechanic that people were like, oh, that was fun. That's different, right? Then yeah. we've got Cryogenics, right, where there's four things, but there's a dude inside, two dudes inside it that you don't know where they are, and you have to roll dice. It's randomized, yeah. but it's slightly weighted. And you're like, oh, that's fun. That's interesting. That kind of changes my mindset on things, right? Unmasking had that as well, right? Where you have to like guess where it was, and that again injects a bit of fun and creativity to the game. Yeah. Um. um and, uh, but I, I think yeah. I think what you were pointing out, especially with the last two mission, custom missions, custom missions that you mentioned, um, is that sometimes they can get a bit overly complicated um right. especially cryogenics uh that we've seen recently um i mean hell even like uh sensor fields a pretty simple min- a mission as far as like how you actually score the objectives and even that's confusing people yeah that's a good point um, you're raising there about just the pitfalls of making custom missions because yeah. because sometimes i wonder well, not, not sometimes i wonder i do wonder if some of these custom missions are made and it's you know how I was saying before like people are making these custom missions to, to try different things out or to make the game better right and I think that's what most people are trying to do is make these custom missions to make the game better and you can see what they're trying to do but you wonder if sometimes it's just like it's too much like it's you know like 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 oh, like, like, like for example like hey Infinity may have a problem with Alpha Strike being too strong in some areas. I mean, I, I don't think it's in our area. I don't think Melbourne has a huge Alpha Strike meta, or at least maybe we're just very good at defending. I don't know. But there is, there, you can't deny online, or people will say, Alpha Strike is really strong in Infinity. If you go first, then you're more likely to win. In walks Sensor Field and says, hey, if you go first and don't kill your opponent, you could get two points. And I just wonder if yeah. that's like their way of being like, "Hey, we're trying to balance the game." I, I think I think that 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 is a good point. Is that is that the missions in general can tamp down um, on that sort of impulse of you know, if I just destroy my opponent the first turn, right? I win. Whereas in with the restriction of orders, you can make the mission say, "No, no, you have. If you want to win, you have to do these things instead." Mm-hmm. Um, so, as far as like fixing a meta, yeah, custom missions. Um, you know, if people are having big problems with a certain sort of faction that's coming out in the meta and it's sort of ruining the game for them, custom missions can work to sort of alleviate that thing. So, you know, Sensor Field's a great example where um, you can. You know, you go in first, and the big advantage is to not kill your opponent with all your orders, but to spend, you know, five, six, whatever orders, putting down your senses, um, and then maybe, like, you know, chipping away at one or two orders. Mm. Um, whereas in, you know, if you take a look at the typical missions, like, let's, like, even, like, Panic Room, Biotech of All, uh, Frontline, Decap, um, even things like supremacy or quadra control. If you devastate your opponent and then spend one or two orders just holding your zone, um, they've got an uphill battle for the rest of the game. 
Mm. Um, whereas if you make it something like, like even a masking is a good example of if you spend all your time messing around with your op opponent and it doesn't work out um, like perfectly, you can, right, you as the person who, you know, is going second gets to can press the buttons, maybe work around this or kill this really big piece. So you're only taking away one order, um, but you can do all the objectives and then you can like guard the, um, guard the consoles. Mm. So I think that's where potentially um, uh, objectives where you can, where you, the, your opponent can't press that particular button like let's say there's a second button on the field that then you yeah. can't push is mm -hmm. a really good thing to have in infinity because it means the person who's going first presses that button and goes, I'm going to go and defend the other button because that's part of his objectives. So what you mentioned there before about meta met or metas or areas where people are playing is in, is a potential pitfall of custom missions because they can become very personal right they can become very reflective yeah. of an individual's experience of the game and what they think maybe is broken or wrong or whatever with the game or overpowered and that's this is their ability then to check that and mm -hmm. and it could be and it might be right for the meta that they they, they live and play in it might be completely alien and wrong for another part of the world. And I think that, like the, what, what I mentioned before, but, you know, Alpha Strike is, I don't think we've got a big problem with it here in Melbourne. So maybe it's not as pronounced, to, you know, or maybe it's not as clear why a mission is built in a certain way to deter it when it's not a problem um, or, or tags or bear pods or whatever the, the flavor of the month is. So I think that's maybe one thing to to watch out for, and I haven't really seen it yet. Um, you know, like I said before, it's people mostly being pretty genuinely concerned yeah. or interested in the game and making it better and trying things, rather than going like, "I hate Toha. I'm going to build a mission that fucks Toha." Like that's <laughs> like sorry to use Toha as a whipping boy again, but I, I, I that is a concern. That is something that may yeah, it's like happen. It's, a, it's like all forward observer based or something like that. Although I would like to see more forward observer based specialist bonuses, I would too. Bonuses. I would. I. I. I, I would too. Just I, any. I would like to see them get the bonuses. Yeah, I, I. I was building a mission before that had a forward observer bonus because everyone's got forward observers, and there's there's more of them arguably in Ariad, Ariadna and um, Toha. But we never see the the love for those those armies, so I would like to see that. And also, I honestly, I honestly think it's the flash poles. No, it, well, not every forward observer has flash poles for stars, but I think. Most of them do. But yeah. Most of them do, yeah. But I think the thing that I would like to see, just on, as a bit of a segue, why I would like to see forward observer bonuses and missions is because currently you've got a skirmisher, and the skirmisher has a forward observer profile and a killer or or a, or a hacking profile. Which of those two profiles are you going for, regardless of what they're armed with? Yeah, hacking, right? Like nine times out of ten, you're going for hacking unless you're like stripped, unless you're strapped for points, or the forward observer's got a particularly interesting weapon. Now, now add in a forward observer bonus mission to a lineup, and suddenly people are like, "Fuck, I'm not going to take the shrouded hacker. I'll take the shrouded forward observer." 
or mm. the Guilain forward observer or whatever forward observer. I suppose I suppose my only and I don't think it really would end up being that much of an issue is that is that everybody has forward observers. You'll see this weird um, spamming of flash pulses. It'll be oh of, of, of sensor bolts. Oh no! Just, just like oh right, okay. just like just like everybody's got a flash pulse. There are going to be so many forward observers on the field. Yeah, there. but I think I think I think in, in the majority of cases, you know, the, your button pushers are your forward deploying speci- um, skirmishers who will have a forward observer profile and a hacking profile. And the forward observer profile just it's it's often just the same as the hacking profile, but just cheaper. But they won't. Yeah. But then they'll be like, "Oh, I'll take it," and that that actually might have a pretty significant effect on list building I, because I suddenly you've got like half an SWC spare, you've 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 got a non-hackable model that can still target things. Like I think that could be quite interesting. I would I would like to see, um, in like customers, I like to see a couple of things. I'd like to see some different bonuses. Mm-hmm. Even even if it's just applied to different aspects of um, the unit, you know, headquarters troops, elites, veterans, that sort of thing. Um, okay, that's not an exhaustive list. Like a bonus, a bonus if you have the veteran or um, elite yeah. or head headquarters. If you're a headquarters troop, I know that's very limited actually, so maybe not so good. Yeah, well, you just do headquarters or something. Yeah, else. yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, but also things like, um, like with the master breacher, they they get a decharge and they get the um, terrain. I'd like to see that sort of thing continue. Like I, I don't know if you remember what was, what was it called. Um, what was it called? Well, the data tracker. Data tracker. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Things like that where. Like they become a specialist, or they become they become a specialist. Else. Yeah, yeah, that would be right. cool. So, like, it would be great if you had a mission that required hacking, and so, like, like I don't understand why in the oh, okay, I kind of understand, but in Mindwipe, why if you can make anything the Uber hacker, and they get, and if they're not already a hacker, they get a hacker device plus with one program, which is the Uber hacking program. Oh, I see. Right. So that in, that way, it disadvantages nobody. Oh, right. Okay, so you right? become a hacker, but just have this one program, which is actually yeah. kind of bad then, because then you can be hacked. Yes, exactly. Mm. Don't right. you know, put, put put things where like you can't put in like dog warrior and stuff like that. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's still come under the rules of like, yeah, you have to have a, you have, it can't be impetuous or something like that. So, or whatever yeah, exactly. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. So um, if, if you know anything else, I just wanted to close it off from something I mentioned um, at the very beginning uh, with uh, Operation Vine Cutter, which is yes. run in uh, New South Wales. Uh, and it goes towards our sort of custom mission discussion, whereas the, it's the idea of a custom tournament. So this is obviously means that you can't really run it in ITS or anything like that. But the, the way that Vine Cutter is being run is he's splitting up the um, people into two teams. Now, it doesn't really necessarily matter um, what team you end up on, other than the fact that if one particular team wins, so in this case, he's got the good guys and the bad guys, the win, the per, peop, the, per, the team with the most winners of like the round one mission determines what the round two mission is. 
Um, yeah, right. The, when he wins the round two mission de uh, determines what the round three mission is. So it's it's this narrative sort of thing. So when it was being explained to me, the idea is um, if the good guys win the um, the first mission, it's about them. Uh, it's about them breaching into uh, this like facility where it, and. and the bad guys are defending, but if they win, it's about the good guys trying a different avenue of, of attack, um, and the bad guys trying to keep up with them. Mm -hmm. um, and while I don't think it, it's a, it, like that sort of thing really addresses um, uh, the sort of things we're talking about about balance and trying to tamp things down in a meta, yeah, um, I think it is a really good thing just like a slow grow to sort of bring people together um, yeah. and to, and to give this sort of like common purpose. I mean, I remember playing just at your thunder thing, uh, the uh, thunderstorm over Helheim. While I didn't get to do half of it, um, the, Hey, you've got a spec ops. Here's some things for your spec ops to do. Right. Is something additional to the game of infinity. That's just really interesting. Well, yeah, like that, that, that part of it was about like, especially aimed at like players who maybe weren't that concerned about placing on a podium and they just wanted to like get the trophy for being the coolest spec ops. Like that yeah. was what that was about. And I think I like the idea of, yeah, having, and I think it speaks to like the out thinking about outside of the box of infinity mission selection or in, in the way infinity tournaments are run because, you know, it has the standard format, two list format. You know the you know the missions in advance. You build the lists for the missions, but there's but why not just have the missions be randomized on the day, right? Like yeah. like I, like that's not normal, and it may not be the people's preference. But there's a bunch of other game systems that do that, so it's not it's not completely unheard of. Um, or have yeah, like yeah. have a case of like, hey, if we'll play first mission, will be this mission, but if blah 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 whatever reason we'll end up playing biotech 4 instead or whatever it is and i've heard like i think rule city raid does something random like that where they just like they'll just drop biotech 4 into the five mission format for the crack and so long as people know about it i think it's it's perfectly fine and you're right it doesn't really speak to the larger balance issues in the game and why custom missions exist but i think it's great when people do think outside of the box and one of the things that i've been thinking about for a while is why we are so constrained to this 10 op mission limit like sure like things can be cap out at 10 points but why do missions always have to add up to 10 why can't they well, why I, can't I, they add up why can't they add up to 15 and then I was, the game I just was ends when you get to 10 that. and i think that's partly why i think maybe even we need to sort of like promote you know the custom missions right you know custom missions lead to custom tournaments um and i think the thing is is that infinity like infinity has this sort of i guess it's it's almost got like the it's like it's sort of robotic in the fact that you put in you know, you, you, you put in, like, you know, when you go to roll dice, you're always doing sort of the math in your head. Um, th there's there's a little bit less of, like, the, and you see it in sort of, like, Warhammer and some other games where you just want to throw the dice, right, damn the consequences. Okay. Um, and I think that's where, like, the custom missions 
breaks out into back into the like what it is, which is we're playing with toy soldiers. Yeah, yeah, no, Infinity can be a little bit can feel a little bit constrained in some ways because of the way the missions are built and the game is played. Um, and it's a great way. Like it, it's a good it's a good set of rules to have. It's a good there's some good guardrails around there to ensure that that missions are they always play yeah. out in a sort of way that you can kind of make sense of. That's why some of these custom missions have been so provocative in that they do kind of um, they kind of bend some of the rules a little bit and they kind of make some changes. But yeah, if, I would like I would you, love like it you, if if, like we if you had... just gave if you just gave like a bonus. I don't like I don't know what it is. I'm not going to try and come with one right now too. Medium infantry, heavy infantry, characters, or something like that that changes the way people build their list and play the game, right? Mm. Because I remember in Frostbite, because the heavy infantry got like their own like little personal heating units, yeah, um, people ran more heavy infantry, even if it wasn't necessarily great. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just, just make people try. Well, which is, which is all about what each season's about as well is making people try different things. You know, like yeah. last season it was bikes. This season it's sensor bots. Next season, who knows? It'll be I don't know, Eva bots or whatever. But the the point I was going to make uh, before we wrap up is, um, oh fuck, I just forgot what it was. God damn you, Jacob! It was about. <sighs> oh yeah, that's what it was. Um. <laughs> I was gonna say no. I was gonna say that that the the cap on the cap on ten ten op. This is why we're running the classified quarterly challenge, right? Because again, classifieds have gotten pretty stale. Pretty people know which one they want to run, and they know if they get this one, they're going to do it every time, like extreme prejudice. Well, every time. So we just this is our this is this is our way as as, as a podcast to say to the community, hey, what do you want to see? What do you want? cb to put in the next classified deck give us some ideas put them out there because if you don't shout them out then cb might not take them on um you know and that's why i love seeing these classified these different um classified objectives these different missions ideas because because cb are hopefully looking at it and going oh that's a good idea um like even the uh, I, I don't want to go on to too much of my own get on my own like little brain in here but like, why do we have to have fixed fixed objectives right on the table? You know, you have supremacy. There, they've got to be 16, 18 up, and twelve in. Why don't we just have a mission where the objectives are placed by the players before the start of the game within within certain parameters? You know, they they can be placed again. In- again, that's yeah. that's a um that's a that's a Warhammer thing where before you choose your sides, you place down the objectives. Yeah, well, like I mean, Song of Ice and Fire is the same thing. Or sorry, not Song of Ice and Fire. There's like um. Uh, what's the mission? I can't remember the game now, but like, yeah, you there's lots of games where you just like you place the objectives down. Kings of War, mm. a whole bunch of games like you place them. Malifaux has them as well, right? You just place the objectives down wherever you think they are, and then you roll for sides, and then you play the mission. And there's no reason why Infinity can't work like that, other than it just hasn't worked like that before. Which is why yeah. I do like seeing missions like Sensor Field that have end of turn scoring and people are like, whoa, what the fuck is a turn? <laughs> and but you see why it's there, right? Because it kind of isn't a thing that's been done before. Maybe it should be. Um yeah. so um yeah and like Josh just on the chat talking about song is he likes how song does it. Um a song of ice and fire for those who don't know the vernacular because I don't like saying ASO whatever it's called. 
Um, victory point maximum relating to the size of the army. So 30 points is 8, 40 is 10, 50 is 12. So, you know, the game will just carry on until you get to that point. Whereas, like, why can't Infinity, you know, why can't Infinity do that? We'll just, we just, we just play three rounds until we get to 10 points. Whoever gets yeah, 10 I points first, the, but then the, the only round three reason at the, at the moment that Infinity doesn't do that. Um, oh, fuck. No, why am I forgetting it? Well, I think the only, I think the only reason Infinity is not doing that is because the size of the game at like 200 points, say, can be sort of the same as at 300 points. Whereas in for Song and Ice of Fire, I imagine the armies get bigger. It goes from like a skirmish to a bigger battle. Well, it's still only ever played on a 4x4. Or no, I think it does play played on a 6x4, but not very not very often. Well, I'm not, not talking about the battlefield. It's more or just like... Oh, okay. But I think the, the thing I'm thinking of, actually, that is a little bit of a, a reason why maybe Infinity does play uniquely to other games, right? You know why maybe there isn't as, as much of a crossover to 40k or Malifaux or Songwise and Fire or whatever it is, because Infinity only goes for three rounds. Every other game goes for six or seven or five, right? There is half as many rounds in Infinity as there is every other game. Now you could argue it's actually not because there's the ARO mechanic, which means that you're actually playing six rounds. But you're not really playing six rounds because if in, in a game of yeah. supremacy, you're only scoring three times. Whereas in every other game, like 40k, whatever, you're scoring six times, which means there's more granularity in how many times you can score and how you can score over the course of the game than in Infinity, where there's only three times you can score, yeah. which then compresses everything you have to do. Which I think is just, yeah, that's, just, that's, just, that's just a feature of the game, not something that you can really, it's not something you can change. Although, I would yeah. be interested to see what a game of Infinity would look like over six rounds. I mean, it would take three hours, it take four hours, but like, I'd yeah, do it. I think, well, considering that in three rounds. Can you imagine what a game of Infinity would look like over six rounds? Fuck, I, actually, I just thought about that. Yeah, it would. Either you'd both end up with like, it'd be like a chess game where both your both your pieces are just kings. Um, or <laughs> it'd be, it'd be just, you would just, it would, it would almost always end up with you wiping, one opponent wiping out the other. I don't know. I don't know. Cause I feel like if you had six, I, six, six rounds, you'd, you'd take it easier. You'd take it slower. You'd pace yourself more. I think there is, you know, people complain about the alpha strike in infinity. Is it because there's only three rounds in the game and you have to use them wisely? You know what? You, 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 you could be onto something there. You know, if you had twice as many turns to play infinity, would the game be better? It would take longer, but would it be better? I think, I think Infinity has very much been based around like hard, fast, like yeah, action. Yeah. It's it's the way um, the game is played, and I'm, that's what I love it. To, to, to slow it to slow it down, I think would be, I think that would be looking at going at like four, six, four, five, and six hundred point games. Maybe. Maybe, but then you've then, got, then you'd be you've like, got like then you'd be like eight hour you know, games or something. I don't know. I just don't. I don't really know why Infinity takes as long as a game of forty k with half as many turns. Sorry, I do know why because the arrow mechanic. But I don't know. It's it's everything that makes Infinity AOA line of sight. You know, dealing with cover and movement, all of that sort of shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. All right, is there anything else we want to chat about tonight? Or are we going to wrap her up? I think we're going to wrap it up, put a bow on it, and ship it out. 
Okay, sounds good. Um, well, that was a good little chat actually at the end there about kind of custom missions. I think we hit on a few points I hadn't really thought about before. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a bit in summary, custom missions are good, and CB should listen to the community because we've got some really fucking good ideas, even if some of them are a bit convoluted and trying to do too much too quickly. Personally, that's my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, no, they're good. Um, Go back to community. RTS One. I want to play missions from back then. ITS one, yeah, I have no idea. Like I started tag tag not what's it called? Tagline. Tagline. Tagline was the one I started at. That was the one with Tony Matiana. I think I was about the same maybe same time. I yeah. just maybe I knew the name before. I think I I think I knew of Infinity during the like bit the uh whatever yeah, the uh, Alive um, Crisis. Alive Crisis, yeah. That was season nine, yeah. I think, or season eight. Yeah. Eight, nine, Anyway, we're getting we're 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 supposed to be wrapping up. So um yeah. you've been listening to a loss of lieutenant. My name is Kevin. I'm Jacob. And good night. Good night. Good night, everyone. <laughs>